0: A trail of evidence behind the agents Create a false record indicating nothing to place his mental fitness intimidate the witness, obstruction of justice without any style of grace. Don't worry, everybody, help is on the way.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back. Richard Sachs here on Lost Arts Radio with Doug Diamond running the show and also um, a friend of ours who's been for a long time, Russ Tanner. Hasn't been on the show for a while, and it was a good time to bring him back and talk about what he's been doing, what's going on in the world, what he sees for the future. And this is the guy through whom I met, Doug Diamond, and um we were both co-hosts on uh, Dane Wiggington's Geoengineering Watch Radio program, and that was a great experience that we had. We could talk about that, too, and a lot of other stuff. So. Welcome, Russ, and thanks for being here. I know you're really busy, and I appreciate your coming on.
2: No, I'm glad, to, I'm glad to be on. Always love what you're doing, getting the truth out, so I'm really honored to be here. So thank you very much.
1: How long, how long ago was it that we were doing Jane's show on Geoengineering Watch Radio? Do you remember? Um, it was happening
2: during 2013. In fact, I've got <clears throat> all of those episodes archived on Global Skywatch uh, website, And it's right here, I'm pulling it up, and I have them all dated. So the first one that I have archived here, and these are all still available to listen to, pilot program. Uh, May 18th, 2013, and we ran through 8-18-2015. Wow,
1: two years.
2: Over two years, yeah.
1: So is it easy to find on the site if people want to see that? Absolutely,
2: yeah. If you just go to Globalskywatch.com on the homepage, just scroll down the homepage and look for GeoWatch Radio. <clears throat> GeoWatch
1: Radio, okay.
2: Yep, just click on that. It's a nice rectangular graphic there. You just click on the graphic, and it's all archived right there. So
1: Gives you a whole, whole menu of different shows to watch. Was that a once-a-week show, if I remember right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it was every. <clears throat> Well, the last broadcast was 8182015. So I'm trying to remember what day of the week wow. it was, maybe Saturday or something, Sunday <clears> or <throat> Saturday.
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, so what have you been doing with uh what's been happening with com since then?
2: Well, February of 2021, I'll mention this first just to give an idea of the climate <clears throat> of life these days. Yeah. No pun intended i didn't mean that <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, uh, t- uh february twenty twenty one our Facebook group, which had uh one hundred and ninety two thousand people and six hundred people one hundred ninety two thousand six hundred people was sh- disabled permanently by facebook. Wow, we had people from i believe every country. <laughs> And it was very active discussion I have people to this day not to today specifically but all the time come to me and say, "Wow, I really miss that group I love that group because we just let we let the information flow you know if you had something to share share it um we tried not to censor much ex- except for shills or were lots of shills that would try to get in uh these are government agents who and we know this because some of them well one of them once confessed to me but um these are government or hired people who come in and try to disrupt the group we would censor them because they do a pretty good job of causing havoc so we have to keep those guys right. out but <clears throat> um yeah so that's one thing that happened since we last talked
1: did you get any notice that that was happening or a reason for it or anything like that
2: yeah yes the reason is that we uh we did not post we did not meet community standards the information that was being posted
1: which- nothing more specific than that
2: no, I mean, we've got we would get notifications, you know, periodically that this post doesn't meet our, you know, uh, community standards and that post doesn't meet our community standards. And of course, it's not because they weren't true. If mm-hmm. there were posts that were not true, we would actually post notices and say this is not accurate information. Being true uh- is not a community standard, right? It's, yeah, it's not about truth. It's about the narrative. It's about what the globalists want people to have access to.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That brings me to the other thing that's happened to me since we last talked. My business was largely shut down as a result of FDA action. The company that we wrote and posted about 180,000 web pages online that have to do with, it's all referenced information about herbs, vitamins and minerals. Herbs are. What
1: was, it? what was the name of the company, Russ?
2: Herb Allure, which is my company. Okay. We posted. We had about 180,000 web pages of reference scientific information about herbs. That was we provided websites uh, using these pages for herbalist and naturopathic doctors all throughout the United States. We had many clients, many web clients, and they would use this information, which was very, very good information that we wrote ourselves. And we used referenced information. We used it from studies, from Lancet, from uh, uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association, a lot of journals, many, many journals, and also books, doctor-written books, and everything was referenced. And uh, what was it, over a year ago? No, two years. It was right before COVID. It was right at the very end of 2019. The FDA started ma- causing con- contacting many companies making them remove information online that talked about um, anything that had to do with antivirals or anti-cold uh, or anti-flu, all this stuff. So they really became very active at the right before the whole quote-unquote outbreak and made people remove information. So we had to remove 180,000 pages of scientific referenced information uh, about herbs, from the web. So that's the other wow. part of what's happened <clears throat> to us in the last couple of years.
1: So basically their attitude was, <clears throat> we've got this big pandemic coming up. We put a lot of effort into it. So a lot of planning, many man hours and all this coordination, we're not going to have you get in the way of it.
2: Absolutely. And when you combine that with the fact that <clears throat> that because I smell and trace chemical aerosols, chemtrails, <clears throat> geoengineering, whatever people <clears throat> choose to call it, uh-huh. I can smell it. I'm one of the people when people have high cortisol for long periods of time, their sense of smell and taste. We came across a study recently because I never knew why I had a hypersensitive sense of smell and taste. Well, apparently because of various reasons and studies that, uh, or tests I've had on myself, my cortisol level is very often high. And we found a study just in the last year that people with chronically or often high cortisol levels actually develop very highly sensitive senses of t- smell and taste hmm. who knew well that makes complete sense because i have i have that in and, and i talking about the pandemic i'm referring to what you just said right um would often smell them releasing biologics this is the same it's the same scent that people exhale people who have a colder flu or usually even a day hmm. or two hmm. before hmm. it actually manifests
0: mm-hmm.
2: um Uh, there's something on their breath. If I smell their breath, and I know this sounds weird, but there's a lot of people, I've met a lot of people online who tell me the same thing now. So it's nice to have open conversation about this. Those who have heightened senses of smell and taste, that they have a certain odor and then they'll get sick within a day or two after having that odor on their breath. Well, that same kind of stuff is being dumped on us. It's the exact same odor. And I first experienced it in February of of 2009. I remember it very well. The first time I ever experienced it. Anyway, they frequently do that. Uh, They release that stuff into the air and people will get sick in the area and everybody says, oh, there's a flu going around, which I know better. And I'm trying to tell people, but, you know, it's a matter of who you're going to believe. Right. And uh, so that frequently happens. So that happens. That has happened a lot since 2019 as well. There have been plenty of incidences of them dumping biologics on us.
1: One of the things that I would ask, you know, after your experience with the website and all the work that you've done on both the health aspect and the, the physical spraying aspect of the project going on in the sky, how much of the public do you think at this point has no idea that geoengineering is even happening? Because I know it's, it's a lot.
2: Yeah, a lot of people have no idea that it's really happening. Um, on the other hand, there's a lot of people who do. And uh, I think what illustrates this is a lot of people have heard about it. So I feel like the community has done a really good job of getting information out there against mainstream media's efforts to debunk all of it because they're absolutely lying because they're liars and they don't tell the truth every day. Right. And I just love saying that because one day everybody will know this. We're just ahead of the wave. That's Mm -hmm. all. But. Um, I'll give you a little a little example of this is that um where I go to get my, I go get uh, glutathione IVs once in a while and uh, made mm-hmm. good friends with a nurse down there. And I started talking to her about this and and she's like, really? That's interesting. She started, she didn't really know. She had heard something, of, she had heard about it, but she didn't know much about it. So we talked about it a lot. And she started talking to her friends and she came back to me the next time I went down there and she goes, I cannot believe everybody I know knows about this. And wow. we just never have talked about it. And I think this really illustrates what I come across a lot is there are a lot of people who've heard about it, but they don't follow up. They don't do a little research. And, of course, Google is not going to help you because they've all the they been so heavily censored that when you do searches, you're going to get all the propaganda first and maybe a little real information later, but hardly anymore. But a lot of people have heard about it and know about it, they just haven't followed up with with finding out more deep information about it. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and some people think that it's only weather-related. It's not toxic. It's not having an effect on the biosphere. It's not doing anything like that. You know, it's only to help save us from global warming, basically.
2: Yeah, I can tell you, I mean, there have been mainstream articles... I'll give you a few examples. You've heard of uh, the main in the 20, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, 16. A bunch of mainstream articles came out saying we th- that there are billions of viruses falling from the sky. Not making this up. It's all on the Global Skywatch website. There's our uh, mainstream articles. We're talking like physical physics dot org and
1: just coming uh, out of space. Right. Newsweek.
2: Like- Bi- this is the this is one of the headlines that there are billions of viruses falling out of the sky. And so they try to explain wow. it away. And of course, what do you think they relate it to? <clears throat> you want to take a guess what they actually relate it to in all these articles? Cause they're all in sync. All these articles say what the
1: they same. actually s- blame it on. You mean? Yeah. What are they actually blaming? Where, where
2: are all these particles coming from? When probably, hazard, probably yes. climate, climate, climate change. If <laughs> Bingo, i gonna... you got, you win the prize. <laughs> That's right. Cause everything is climate change. I and could use saying, a
1: new, new car right now. Is that the prize? <laughs> what? Yeah, what they're saying—it's just—I mean, it's, I it, it, and climate change is made worse by racism too. I have to admit that—that's
2: the other thing, right? And I—and I don't laugh because it's funny. I laugh because it's stress relief. Because I—it's unbelievable that anybody falls for this because the explanations are so utterly ridiculous. But anyway, getting back to it, yes biologics i smell them dropping biologics and so there's been yeah. all these articles in mainstream media in the mid-20 uh, teens coming out saying that there's billions of viruses falling from the sky you know yeah. what else a bunch of articles came out saying was falling from the sky uh plastics oh, now, okay. this is,
1: that meant, now that answers a lot yeah that clears yeah, it yeah
2: that really does because um There's a type that was the most frequently sprayed. In fact, it's sprayed all the time still. They sprayed it today. They sprayed it about an hour ago. We got hit with a plume. I call it the model cement burnt plastic type. That's the full title because I give each type a title that I smell and taste. You don't
1: necessarily know what's in it. You just know what it smells like.
2: Exactly. I don't know what's in all these. There have been a lot of water tests, rain tests, dust tests that actually give us a really good idea of what really they're, they're doing. But right. I don't have personal knowledge. You can't tell what something is necessarily by smelling it or tasting it, like barium. I don't know what barium tastes like. Uh, I don't know right. what I do know what aluminum tastes like. I've gotten aluminum powder in my mouth before, or aluminum foil. Uh-huh. But but right right I don't know exactly necessarily what they are. But the biologic smell is a very particular odor uh, that is very narrow band. It's something I, that I've never smelled ever before, except in the in the exhaled breath of somebody who was sick some kind of respiratory system or uh, infection or cold or flu. And that is what I smelled for the first time on in February 2009 everywhere. I mean, I drove to Bangor. I live way outside Bangor in rural Maine. And I mean, it uh-huh. covered wide areas. And I'm like, okay, they're obviously spraying this because how else are you going to have this odor covering this, this huge area? Normally, uh-huh. this odor in my life has only occurred when you smell the exhaled breath of somebody who was sick.
1: Isn't it interesting that they spray in such underpopulated areas and they spray in the middle of the ocean? I mean, it's basically all over the world.
2: They do. And I think there's reasons for that. But also talking about getting back, just just to tell you about the plastics, is that one of the most frequently sprayed type, in fact, it is the most common type that's been sprayed for probably the last, I don't know, I, I have it all logged probably 10 to 15 years. I named it the model cement burnt plastic type, because it actually smells and tastes like model cement, which smells like toluene or fingernail polish kind of. That's the
1: glue that you put model airplanes together and stuff with.
2: Exactly. It smells like a combination of that and burnt plastic. And lo and behold, a few years after I started smelling this in the air, you have all these mainstream articles come out, and what do they say? There is tons and tons of plastics falling you know micro particles of plastics falling from the sky where is it coming from of course they blame the population because it's the it's always the population's fault yeah. or global warming which is population's fault
1: they say of course. yes absolutely
2: yeah so to me it, it's no surprise of course they're going to have these articles that explain away all of these things that they're doing to us and they're going to put it right out in front of everybody's face to try to explain away when people see these things, like, oh, yeah, we know about this. And so when people see it in mm-hmm. mainstream uh, news, then they're, mm-hmm. then it gives them an excuse to, to dismiss it when somebody like me tells them, I believe they're spraying this because I can smell and taste those exact odors. When right. the jets go over, about, you know, half an hour later, or depending on their altitude, I can smell and taste these plumes hit us, and they're overwhelmingly strong to me and to, to many other people online.
1: So there's obviously... Um multi-stage program of eliminating common sense right and the ability to sense what's going on on the part oh, of yeah the that
2: that that getting rid of common sense uh began ages and ages ago i know the pharmaceutical industry began taking over medical education in the 30s in this country or even a little before that even before yeah even before yeah but i know a lot of widespread things happened in the 30s there were some big purchases and big moves right they, they took over the boards and they took over medical education very smart from a business move
1: very yeah. bad for the people yeah it started yeah. all came from the 1910 or 11 the flexner report yep they started building on that so yeah. now now people are hearing that climate change is causing everything and they believe it other than racism and you know white white males are a big part of the problem too <laughs> Have to admit that
2: it's it's astonishing. It is astonishing that people believe this stuff, but yeah, it's very sad. But I just hope I I do see a move back towards common sense. I do see people waking up. Um, I think at a faster rate than it, than it has been in a long time. So I'm really glad to see that. Anyway, so
1: one of the things that is being censored a lot is conflicting figures on uh, global temperature data especially in in conjunction with CO2. And there's some really interesting uh talks that have been given. One man, Dr. Uh, Don Easterbrook, gave several good talks about the original data that comes out that doesn't support the agenda of global warming. And then all the UN-connected agencies take it and change it, and they call that adjusting. And <clears throat> it's really hard to get anybody willing to talk about that. But I I would really like to find a good source because I tried Dr. Easterbrook and so far he won't talk to me.
2: Yeah, we had email leaks come out, you know, before 2020. A lot of leaks came out showing that as far as climate data, they were faking it. They were making stuff up and all these emails came out about how they were doing this and they were putting um and 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 there are a lot of shenanigans going on besides making up data part of it is they would like put thermometers over parking lots yeah you know so they can collect real data but it's from during
1: the daytime you can really see global warming over parking lots yeah in the the summer especially
2: yeah these kind of shenanigans you know and and um this is why these reports come out showing that so much science is false. Scientific, scientism is the art of controlling population by faking science, and we are in the midst of that big time right now, obviously.
1: So your question about why so many people will actually believe it, what, what's your theory about that?
2: Um, I believe there's a few different reasons. I believe it has to do with coveting. And, uh, coveting much. Self- Uh, coveting things in life. People don't want to lose their stuff. They don't want to lose their freedom. They don't want to lose, well, of course, you wouldn't know these days, but that's another story. Um, but they, there's coveting going on where, um, people don't like to lose other things like social status, for instance. This is social pressure is one of the main things, but I think, you know, to outline it's like coveting. Social pressure, you know public ridicule, and things like that, which are all utilized as um, methods to control populations, and social pressure is more powerful than law. If you can make somebody right. feel shame in front of their friends or have a fear of rejection, which is really, really leveraged right they don't want to be rejected by their friends, and if you watch television, the propaganda. You shouldn't watch television, but I do watch a little bit of television here and there, and I actually keep track of the propaganda. I write it down. Uh, When you know the agenda, it's absolutely astonishing. And most of it is social pressure. They will actually make – they want to impress in people's minds that people who believe conspiracies are stupid, Mm -hmm. dumb, contemptible, or they're somehow perverted or immoral or – You should just stay away from them. They're bad people. They're ugly people. You should just stay with this is the message that mainstream media portrays against people who believe in conspiracies. But yet, don't you think the conspirators would want the public to believe that very
1: thing? That would be the number one priority of a huge conspiracy is to convince people there's no such thing.
2: Exactly, it's the conspirators who don't want that. So follow follow the rhetoric. You can follow the money to learn about a lot of conspiracies, but you can also follow the misinformation. The mainstream people
1: also get used to buzzwords and not thinking about what they mean. You know, if somebody asked you, "What is a a real conspiracy?" What would you say?
2: Two or more people getting together, probably in secret, to do something that wouldn't be publicly acceptable.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because if it's considered not a crime. Then you can just do it openly. You don't need to conspire.
2: Yeah. Why do it secretly? And also, right. yeah. And and so I mean, the vast majority of white collar crime is a conspiracy. So yeah. why ridicule conspiracies?
1: Hmm. Plus, Anything have, you can't, any crime you can't do yourself as right. one person requires. It's not a petty
2: if it, exactly if it's if it's not petty one person crime, then it's a conspiracy.
1: Right. Right. It's not something unusual. And I think what we're supposed to believe is that only bank robbers have conspiracies, and nobody else. All yeah. the others are fake.
2: Well, if you look at history too, I mean, all of the all of the big tyrannical governments were brought in through conspiracies. You had large group. You a guy doesn't become pop. And a lot of times in in history class, they try to say, "Oh yeah, this guy became popular among the people, and the people voted for him, and he turned out to be a tyrant." It's like, no, 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 no. What really happened is there was a large group producing not a large group but a small group of people producing a large amount of information to propagandize the public and to convince the world this was the the next guy who needed to be the leader it wasn't Mm -hmm. just some guy who got popular because he was charismatic so conspiracies are replete throughout history so right you know
1: i think the average person too can't really grasp the evil that's at the top of it you know why anybody would want to do this for example what you just were talking about the geoengineering planes dropping poison of different kinds with different smells and characteristics on the population all over the world the pilots eventually have to land so what is it that makes them able to do that and not worry about killing themselves
2: because they're being told lies. The pilots, we've had whistleblower pilots that came. There's not many whistleblowers in this movement, but there are a few, and they're very effective. The whistleblower that came out, one of them came out and said they're being told that they're doing this for national security and that the particulates that they're filling the air with are going to allow the United States to trace incoming Russian missiles or foreign missiles in the early detection system. So, therefore, it's it's huh. vital for national security.
1: What about this toxicity issue?
2: They're told it's non-toxic. Uh-huh. They don't know what it is.
1: That takes care of it, I guess.
2: Well, you're in the military, so it's need-to-know basis. You know, it's non—you're told it's non-toxic.
1: <clears throat> That's right. So, it,
2: so it's non-toxic.
1: Yeah, sir. Yes, sir. It's
2: kind of like, uh, like there's a, a whistleblower named Kristen, Kristen, who came out years ago. Kristen Who, Megan. Right? Kristen Megan was told to um, lie on. She was an environmental. Um, uh, what is the what is the title? Hygienist and uh, environmental hygienist. So she was in charge of the uh, safety, material safety on this base. And long story short, she saw some some interesting materials come through her paperwork, and they didn't have a manufacturer on them. They were. Uh, fine particle barium and aluminum particulates that were in barrels from what i understand mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't have a manufacturer so she went to her commanding officer and asked um, i need a manufacturer for these and he's and she's like and the, and he was like no you don't just leave it blank and she goes i can't it's against the law by law i have to have this and so she got a little upset because he said leave it blank she he wanted her to break the law and eventually she said i'm not going to do that and they said well they threatened her. I, uh, she tells the story herself about how they threatened her and her family. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she just went quiet for a while and eventually became a whistleblower when she left the military. And this is how it happens. You know, they will threaten uh-huh. you. They will try to keep you quiet. Um, but nevertheless, there she found barium and aluminum was being, uh, the manufacturers of those particulates being loaded onto these jets was purposefully in, uh, being omitted from the paperwork. So you know that's to keep one.
1: those guys safe I guess right
2: Yeah I guess so I, I guess that's part of it is that the that you know conspiracies want to hide under the cloak of secrecy and this is just one of the layers of secrecy you know
1: So this is just a reflection of a larger situation where the whole program is being orchestrated by yeah. a, like a network of mafias that are just saying look, it may be against the law. That's not your issue. Just do it. And if if you do it, you get perks. If you don't get it, if you don't do it, we'll go after you and your family.
2: Yeah, it's you, the carrot. Do what yeah. you want. Yeah, it's the carrot and the stick, you know. you right. uh, you You do what we want you
1: to do, you'll get rewards. You don't, you're going to get hurt, you know. It's why people wonder what they can do. You know, the whistleblower is one thing, but once things are exposed... And so often nothing changes. The question is, what are we supposed to do to get to the next step? And I haven't heard an obvious answer for that.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of whistleblowers over the recent years who have been hurt or who came up missing or not alive anymore. Right. Um, And even the whistleblowers, what we know are whistleblowers, the government's, the U.S. government and other governments are not protecting them, even though there's supposed to be laws protecting them. So people are less likely to become whistleblowers. And this is what the conspirators want, of course, is they want to keep... Right. Examples. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Look how Julian Assange was treated.
2: Right. Exactly. You know, and they they love to make an example of that because it just scares other whistleblowers. If, if whistleblowers really believed there was protection, I believe there'd be loads of whistleblowers coming out
1: right probably millions
2: but they don't believe they're protected they believe if i do this then i basically sacrifice my life and my family's life right at least our well-being and our ability to, to to function in society for a while and possibly our health so don't do it
1: so how does this connect into what happened to your herbal company
2: um well i think that because of the covid thing they wanted to make the whole covid thing as scary as possible
1: right Right. so
2: they didn't want people to have access to life-saving information there's tons of herbs out there that are uh anti-biologics they're very uh very powerful at getting rid of bacteria and viruses if viruses exist that's a new great conversation that uh yeah, Sam Bailey and uh, her husband are putting out there which I'm very grateful for out in New Zealand. Fantastic information that are blowing the whistle on that by the way. Right. Uh but these herbs are very strong against, you know, biologics of different types. I use them all the time. I've got my peppermint oil sitting right here which is, you know, anti-mold, anti-fungal, anti-bacterial, mm-hmm. fantastic for cleaning off surfaces, safe, great for the human body. You don't want to adjust it, but it's it's good for cleaning and and uh sterilizing things uh right right uh but they don't want you know that so that's what happened with our company is they didn't want the public they wanted to make this event obviously as you know as 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 scary as possible and if there was if there were solutions out there to make it less scary then uh, they wanted to get rid of those solutions so that's how i view exactly because it wasn't only us there were a, a lot of people uh, right at the end of 2019 that the FDA went to and said, you can't publish this. And right out of the blue, you know, it was just like people didn't know why this was happening.
1: So you've got kind of a, a list being demonstrated of what you're not allowed to let people know, right? One is natural medicine or the basics of staying healthy without poisonous chemicals. And exactly, yeah. That's what you're talking about. And that's what you guys were doing.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Scientifically based research from journals and doctor written books all referenced that showed people the evidence. I mean, it's not, it's not, we weren't telling people what to do. We were saying, hey, look at what this herb does. This mm -hmm. herb, this herb gets, you know, gets rid of all these problems as evidenced by this clinical trial and this study and this in vitro and this not in vitro and da 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 da. Incredible. And, and so it encourages people to try it. And they don't want people doing that because they want everybody in Rockefeller Medicine.
1: Right, right, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so what's the status with that company now at this point?
2: It's the same. Uh, we're not allowed to publish any scientific referenced information, even if it's journal information. Wow. Uh, so we're we our websites now have been dumbed way down. You know, we can say, hey, this is great for your intestinal system.
1: So you're making baseless claims at this point. And those are allowed.
2: That's actually a very good point. Yes, we've been relegated to baseless claims when before we were making journal clinical study and uh, uh, doctor-backed claims. Not claims. Mm. I hate using the word claims, but uh, references to that kind of material. But now we can't
1: do that. And how was that enforced?
2: Uh, They threatened to take away our membership in the company. And they didn't say
1: anything. So it wasn't a government agency that did this to you, it was a company?
2: It it was the government agency indirectly because the government agency did it to the company and then the company did it to us. Um,
1: Okay, how did that company tie into all the references that you were coming up with? Because you didn't uh, mention what the relationship was.
2: Well, the company was the manufacturer of the herbs.
1: Okay, okay.
2: Yeah, and we actually made websites for distributor of that company's products.
1: So they were your client kind of, right? You were helping them. Well, we 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 didn't have any
2: formal relationship with the company at all. We actually chose them back in the 90s because of their high quality. They're a very very high quality company. And so we chose them as a and they were North America's largest and old, oldest herb manufacturer and they had great quality control, very potent. They had testing that other companies didn't have. So we said, "You know what? We want to write this material for this particular company." Because it's big and their, their herbs are really, really high quality. They only source high quality, potent, or you know, really well-grown herbs. Right, right. So we chose them, actually, but we had no formal relationship. Ironically, the company used our materials for their trainers who they would send out across the United States and other countries. They used our book. We had a 600-page reference. Wow. Uh, with all this information, all this uh referenced information and their trainers used our book, but they couldn't have a formal relationship with us because of FDA laws and, you know, other uh policies in the United States mm-hmm. prohibit uh us from telling the truth. But anyway, so they used our book, but we had no formal relationship with them, but the people who distributed because it was a multi-level company, um, very successful multi-level company with great products, um, and tens of thousands of distributors across the United States so we we made books and then we turned it into a computer program and eventually made them into websites and we put all this on so we would go to one of their we would tell their distributors of that of this product line we can offer you a website for X dollars a month that has all the products this great referenced information and they can check out you know through the you know check out through the company and buy mm-hmm. their herbs after reading all this great information which is all referenced right. Yeah, so we had to pull all that down. And so the, the distributors of that company no longer can share that type of information.
1: Wow. Yeah. So the company was approached by, what, FDA or some other agency?
2: Yeah, the FDA. In fact, the FDA had um, a few years earlier put an office, and, and I don't know how logistically this happened, but they actually had an office in the main building of the herb manufacturing company. And wow. I have a theory as to how this came about, but nobody will tell us we've, I probed, I've talked to some high level people and they won't tell us, but mm-hmm. um, uh, in fact, one, one person actually denied there even, it was even there. And I'm like, I I know it's there, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, so the FDA actually had somebody who had an office in their main office for a few years. And this happened after the FDA came against the company a few years earlier. So I believe this is what they do is that they come against the company, they scare them and they say you better comply or else. So then they then the company will begin then you start seeing all these internal changes with the company itself and I've seen this happen um I've seen this happen before and I think that's their their mode of operation. So The FDA was really behind it all, so I really would love to see the FDA abolished and let people make their own choices as to what they want to put in their bodies, not the government. Exactly.
1: Yeah, which people think that's the basis of America, you know, is freedom, individual freedom. And it's supposed to be. That was the original idea.
2: Absolutely. That was the original idea, and it's shocking how far we've gone from it. I mean, do you you know also... That when you're in an herb store, and this isn't written, they're very smart about this, that you cannot have the name of a disease or any scientific information within 20 feet about of the herb you're selling. So if you're selling... 20 feet? Within 20 feet.
1: So you can't put a flyer up or something like that?
2: You can't, exactly. You can't within 20 feet. So if you have a book that says this herb does this, that, and the other thing, that, that you are against their policy. The thing is though Richard is this policy is not a written policy. And why is it written? Because they don't want they don't want to be held accountable and it would never hold up in court. So, so what they actually do is they enforce this policy without ever writing it down. So I know people I've talked to herbalists themselves who've had their stores raided because they violated a policy that is not even written down.
1: So boy that That's a strange situation. So you're saying if they violate the 20-foot policy and they have a a brochure or something next to the herb that's five feet away saying this herb is good for such and such or has been even used for such and such, then they can be shut down and and they don't have to reference the policy?
2: Right. You don't learn about the policy until after you're raided.
1: And they prove the policy
2: exists? They don't. Basically, they ruin your business because they take your computers, they take your money, right. they seize your bank account, uh, they right. put you in poverty, and then you have to fight your way out of a hole.
1: You, it's you know, guilty until proven innocent, right? That's my next And they take think. away the means to prove your innocence.
2: Exactly. So these good people who have helped thousands of people, probably saved many, many people's lives, end up getting into this big trouble no one's there to help them. There's no law behind it. There's just a pol- there's just a group of thugs that come in with guns and they take your wow. you know, sometimes your inventory. They'll take all your inventory, your computers. They'll wipe your shelves off. Possible
1: they'll, evidence,
2: right? Uh, yeah, they can just call it po- sure.
1: Your yeah, existence you is evidence of the crime.
2: <laughs> Anything <laughs> is evidence. Anything they call, wow. they can call it whatever wow. they want. Wow, you know, it's uh. And this is happening in America. And this is why people must get together and defend. There's got to be accountability for the
1: people who are doing this. It's, it's right. And that, <clears throat> that's why they want to prevent any means of getting together as well.
2: That's why they, they are censoring, uh, you know, uh, social media so much. Like your group. Because people come together, you know. And that's a great point, Richard, because I I remember I used to have political meetings in my house back in the 90s. I began uh-huh. to get politically involved because I, I wanted to help our country and I realized there was some corruption. Yeah. And, um, and so, um, uh, you know, I, I started having these meetings and, um, and, and it, it was, well, anyway, long story short is I just learned at that, I, I learned at that point that when people come together, good things happen. It was amazing to have people coming together. Right. People started getting encouraged. They start saying, well, we can do something. You feel the same way. I, you feel the same way I do. You know what? Yeah. If we get a group of people together, we go to this meeting and we go to our public officials and we go and we start getting right. people to change their vote or we get, and I know voting <laughs> is another issue these days, but but at least people became empowered. And that's right. exactly what they don't want is they don't want people to feel empowered. And some of that
1: happens even online too, Right.
2: Oh, a lot of it happens online until they shut down your group of 192,000 people. Yeah. You know, they can flip the switch and shut it all down. And uh,
1: It and seems like that's a, it's a major point of attack right now. I mean, that's the reason for funding so many corrupt uh, district attorneys across the country and things like that. Right. Just right. Soros
2: sure. put a lot of people don't realize people like Soros put prosecutors in office. I mean, you have individuals who are super rich who are putting their prosecutors. Why do you want to control the prosecutor? Because you don't want the bad guys to be prosecuted. You don't want your own to be prosecuted. You've got to control the prosecutors.
1: Yeah, some people don't understand why they want to be letting murderers and rapists and carjackers out on the street. But it's, it's to make society so insecure and so fearful that they'll ask for tyranny to be safe.
2: Yeah, you're so fantastic at leading the conversation because that's where right where I was going is it's ruled by fear, you know, it's ruled by fear, and so they want to they want to make sure people don't feel empowered, and then they want to create as much chaos and destruction as possible, right? uh, And that's how they legitimize themselves. We've got to we need new laws. We need more power. We need more, you know. And this is where this is all going with central government in the world, world government is they are creating chaos that's exactly their same mode of operation is create chaos so they can legitimize the need um for central global
1: government right chaos is not the end goal no
2: chaos is just a means to an end you know which is right. which is collecting power in one small group you don't want power to be dispersed because right now power in the united states is dispersed among many people and it's hard to control many people because you might have whistleblowers You might have leaks, which we have a lot of leaks and whistleblowers that come out from time to time, which is very valuable. But when you have it all glumped into one small group of people in one central location, you can really control that tightly.
1: Yes, and, and the way Soros groups and others buy these district attorneys is they just fund their campaigns, right? And they give them all kinds of donations. Yeah, absolutely. And once they accept it, they say, well, You know, you're can. you free to do whatever you want. It's just, that'll determine whether you get any more donations or not.
2: Yeah, yeah, not only that, but think about how many Congress people go into Congress or go into the Senate and they come out 100 millionaires.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. That was on one of the Pink Panther movies, and Clouseau's wife was one of those agents, and she had a closet full of real mink coats and stuff, and he said, darling, it's amazing how frugal you are on a... Uh, policeman's salary to afford all of these expensive things. I really admire you. Kind of like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and this is what really breaks my heart and makes me mad and frustrated, is in the, which is why I try to speak out to the public about this, which is hard because some of the public is listening and some isn't because of human nature. But, you know, there is so much corruption. And every one of us are suffering. Chemtrails exist because of corruption. The, right. All this stuff that is going wrong. I mean, people getting sick. You, The thing that people don't do is they don't make the connection is that if you've lost your mother or father when they were, let's say, 50 years old or 55 or 60, and uh-huh. they could have lived to be 80. <clears throat> uh-huh. But they didn't because they've been sprayed with mercury and aluminum and barium and strontium and things that suppress the immune system and destroy the liver and destroy the kidneys and destroy your nervous system and destroy your gut biome and so on and so on and so on. Right, right. So you lost 20 years of your life. People don't make the connection between corruption and the loss of their loved ones or their illness. But when you start drawing those lines, and this is what I always say, people say, what should we do? At the end of shows, I have to say, well, what do we do? I say, make it personal. Make it right. personal. You have to draw the connection between the corruption that is mm-hmm. happening and your dead relative and your mm-hmm. suffering child, because without this corruption, you would have the knowledge, you would have the information you need. They would have the information and the freedom to probably live another 20, 25 years, if not more right um, plus all these diseases that exist completely needlessly these days or because they're being induced by chemtrails because all this stuff mercury induces over 200 of the most common diseases according to dr Hal mm-hmm. huggins and i agree with him in my research yeah um where did all these diseases come from you know corruption is like
1: the climate change <laughs>
2: <laughs> right all those viruses and plastics falling from the right. sky just because of melting right. ice you know
1: i think part of the uh allowance of corruption is a testament to education and that we've been learning to you know absorb education by memory not common sense not critical thinking not anything like that but just memorize and repeat what you're told similar to what they tell you in the military you know follow orders
2: you you've got to think for yourself and learn to come to your own conclusions and when Anybody, I don't care if it's the government, media, or the most pristine-sounding person, if they tell you something that doesn't make logical sense, don't just believe them blindly.
1: You need right, to yeah, them. blind faith in authority is one of the first things you learn. I Absolutely. mean, it's, it's taught to doctors and PhD and public health people, but it starts in preschool. Sit still, you know, and don't wiggle around in your chair. Don't fall asleep. Do what the teacher says. Repeat how to spell the words. And that's the main lesson is don't question, repeat, and memorize. And people have learned that really well.
2: I think I agree with you. I think that is one of the big parts of it is people have put blind faith in authority and been taught and been conditioned to not think for themselves. Another part of it is um, selfishness that is actually fostered by the same globalists through all of their outlets is they, they try to... Um through the process of trying to empower people they say hey you can do whatever you want and they don't talk about the consequences they can do whatever you want you're you've got superpowers you've got this that and the other you've got um you can have anything you want you're you're entitled to it you're entitled to this and you're entitled to that and what it does is it makes them more emotionally based it makes them also more selfish and they start thinking about themselves rather than other people around them and they they when you lose touch of other people around you you start having more shallow relationships and that's part of divide and conquer you break people apart by false sense of of empowerment i mean it's good to empower people but in the right ways in the, in, the, in well, ways I, based in
1: truth this is so subtle you know because if they were really selfish from a wise point of view they would see that their own benefit came from serving everybody else so you know, what I started looking at it is that selfishness is not bad. It's the lack of consciousness that ruins it. And you start thinking that you're, you're benefiting yourself by hurting yourself, which is crazy. You know, it's not the fact that you want to help yourself. That is a basic impulse of life. You know, that's what's behind breathing. But if you think that by helping yourself, you get ahead by hurting people. The problem is not that you want to help yourself, it's that you're confused about what helps you. So if I cheat somebody, thinking that it's going to help me, I'm not correct, because we're all intimately linked. So if I want to help myself, I have to understand what does help you. You know, it's it's being kind to everyone, including bad people, so-called bad people, because they're just the most confused and sick. And what you give, you get. You know, it's reaping what you sow or karma or whatever you want to call it. And if you really want to be selfish and you're up to it, you give everything you've got to serve everybody else.
2: That's a very good point. And, you know, it's the combination of those two things that is greater than the sum. When you take away people's relationships by falsely empowering them, saying you can do what you want despite other people, so now yeah. you've separated them from other people and taken away one of the greatest gifts in life is your love and your relationships with other people, and then you take away their ability to um, to uh, come to logical conclusions. Um, right. You have to take away the ability to draw your own logical conclusions before you can falsely empower somebody. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a type of seduction, so you have to make them ignorant so you can seduce them better Give them a sense of false empowerment, and then they can go live a very self-centered life, and then they're actually missing out on the best things in life. And how many people have we heard who have lived very bad lives, let's just say, and then at some point in their life, they went off somewhere and served other people for a couple years, they come Mm -hmm. back a changed person, they say, I would never change a thing because all the... Everything I went through in serving these other people has made me grow and see things I never thought and be grateful and thankful, and they were the best years
1: of my life, and right. and they completely <clears throat> learned a new way of living. So that was the enlightened selfishness. You know, <laughs> if if they had known how to be selfish and get what they want more, they would have done that right away. You know,
2: and it's funny because life can be a win-win situation. It's designed that way, yeah. You took the, again, you're leading the conversations fantastically. I was going to say design. That was the next thing I was going to say. It is oh, design. No, that's what I want. That's fan- No, that's fantastic. It is designed that way. It's de- Everything is designed about even human emotions. Think of if human emotions were tweaked in the wrong direction a little bit, things start going chaotically. Yeah. But if you look at them at the way they're designed to function properly, it's like an embedded system. And the way I say that, most people don't know what an embedded system is, an embedded system is your coffee maker. I know this sounds funny, but inside your coffee maker, you've got a microcontroller that keeps time, that pushes, that, that re- gives you a, a readout. It has all the buttons and it, and it keeps track of what buttons you hit. It has memory. It has all this stuff going on, but it's mm-hmm. a system. And if any one of the components of that system breaks, it either doesn't work completely or it's not functional, not useful. And it's yeah. the same thing with human emotions. Is human emotions are designed in such a way that if you that if you if they're operating func- uh, properly at their core and somebody doesn't come and mess them up, they really do a good job. And I'm not in, in in at helping us to understand what to do and what not to do. the The thing is, is that we live in a world that is constantly trying to condition us in a way that is contrary to nature that is Mm -hmm. contrary to the original design so therefore we need to have logic to be able to see ourselves objectively and say wow my emotions are not acting right i'm having an emotion that is really harmful in this situation right i need to how can i change how can i make myself better
1: so it goes along with what you were saying about social pressure is always uh Overcoming logic or overcoming reason or what's obvious. And, and I think another way to say that is emotion is what determines what a person does. It always overcomes logic and it's not necessarily bad. I think emotion, you said make things personal, you know, as a step toward positive change. And I think that's, you're talking about emotion. But it's a, it's a different kind of emotion than the fear that's promoted by the media and by education. And in fact, they're clearly afraid of it. I learned in uh, so-called higher education that a real scientist has to have no opinion and no emotion. And then you can really be a scientist. And I think what they're worried about is that if you uncover, you know, you're talking about the design of how we're all designed to interact and help each other. We're also designed to be able to feel and get guided in what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. And if your emotions are healthy and you think of hurting someone, it's going to say, no, that feels terrible, and you don't do it. But if you take the emotional training of the system, say, yeah, you'll get ahead. Just ignore the turn off empathy. You know, that's number one. Stop being empathetic and just think about how this is going to be so great in spite of what your lower nature feels and that nature that they're trying to screen out is our connection to each other.
2: Well said. And and I, and you know, I'm not saying, so people understand I'm not saying follow your heart, but I'm saying, I'm kind of supporting what you're saying is that as you know, the coffee maker is designed with all kinds of components in it that all have to work together and human, humans are designed the same way. And when you start, when part of that is broken, the whole system suffers. And so we have been so conditioned that our emotions are often not reliable. We may have feelings or reactions that, that are, that don't make logical sense because we have so many years of, of baggage and garbage training that have conditioned Mm -hmm. us in such a way, you know, so, so we use logic to correct ourselves Hopefully.
1: Well, they substituted self-destructive emotions and said, follow those, you know, and all I'm saying is that your, your original emotions that are guidance, that are compassion and concern for everybody else and knowing that all our fate is together. Those are still there and, and you have to uncover them some way, whether you call it your heart or anything else, because you have the feeling that is accurate that tells you what makes sense and what doesn't. Even if you can't consult an expert, if you don't uncover those real emotions that would guide you, your logic is going to convince you to follow the fake ones. And you can see that all the time in discussions of people justifying, you know, without seeing the mistakes that they're making. And they think they're using logic, because those emotions don't come up in them and say, no, this is crazy.
2: Well, yeah, so what understand. I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of, the, the way I kind of view it is that the 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 logic is also twisted though mm. because it's based on false information. So they're just desto- right? They're they're coming they're coming at us. They're destroying the natural system, the natural embedded system that I referred to earlier, right? By perverting the emotional state of people, but they're also perverting logic, your ability to yeah. reason, yeah. Um, Bec- by giving you false information. So, if you're making a decision based on false information, you're going to end up making a bad decision. It's kind of like a story I remember of a guy who was in a bank robbery, and a guy, he was in a bank to, in line, and all of a sudden robbers came in, and, he, and this guy had a gun to his head.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: the guy said, Give me all your money. So, empty your wallet, whatever. So, he started giving his money. And so he was operating under a certain premise, like, this guy has a gun to my head, I need to be really afraid, and I'm going to do whatever this guy says. Yeah. Well, after a, a moment, after a few moments, this guy who had the gun to his head realized that he heard a rattle, and he felt the gun against his head, and he said, that's plastic. It's actually a plastic gun. This is a true story. Okay. And so the guy who had the gun to his head then grabbed the guy and pinned him down and whatever. And the whole thing went south and the robbers went running and they got caught, I believe whatever, but nobody ended up losing anything. uh, If I remember the story correctly, because now the guy had realized that it was a plastic gun. And now he was operating according to real information. Therefore Mm -hmm. now his logic was operating. He could use logic and say, okay, I can make a different decision now. Right. I see the globalists as kind of doing this, on an emotional level and on a logical level by feeding us fake science while at the same yeah. or fake information all from, from everywhere. The news lies to you every day and also conditioning you emotionally so that you can't tell your right hand from your left. And so when you go out and you tell somebody, Hey, do you know we're being sprayed by our government or is putting this stuff in the air? They don't smell it or taste it. Only a small portion of the population does. And they're going right. to think that's crazy. And it's like, well, if you knew what I knew, that sounds crazy to you only because the information base you're working from is so falsified. You right. think things work this way, but they don't. If you learn that they work this way, then you will say, wow, it completely makes sense that they're spraying us. That's what, that's what they would do in their situation when they're trying to attain those goals with their set of morals. That's the logical thing for them to do. And so mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. But these people who are working from this false sense of information, thinking the gun is real, are um, are going to ridicule those who actually come to the right conclusions. And they're going to do this to the point, we're getting to the point now where the people who have come to the right conclusions and understand what these people are doing so destructively, the people who've come to the right conclusions are eventually going to be incarcerated, They're going to actually make the whole public turn against these people saying the things you're saying are dangerous
1: Mm. for society. You can't even
2: believe that. You shouldn't be free.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So getting the wrong system of logic operating, a lot of that is because they're building the logic on false assumptions, right? Like you start assuming things like safe and effective, (laughs) right? Or you assume that... Um, yes. You hear best- that over and over again. That's part of the conditioning, safe and effective. You safe if you effective, go to medical school, you're going to hear it thousands of times. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just implied that there are certain things you don't question because you heard it from this, not a drug dealer, but an advanced pharmaceutical expert who you could never understand because they're so advanced, and they say safe and effective. And so everybody knows that. Everybody knows vaccines eliminated polio and smallpox. And I mean, you and I wouldn't even be here having a discussion unless we'd both been saved by vaccines. And some of these things are just understood to be true. So the logic, where the logic goes, depends on what you start assuming. You're assuming a a medical system makes sense based on eating poisonous chemicals to be healthy. That's assumed to be true. Otherwise, he couldn't sell any of the drugs. None of them have informed consent.
2: Yeah, that's that even now Yeah, no, that's that's a perfect point, because, you know, it to me, it's about when you when you feed people false information and they come to false conclusions. Um, uh, it's it it's hard to. The, the part of what they're doing is they're playing into human nature and they're making the conclusions that are drawn uh emotionally preferable to the people mm-hmm. so they're not only feeding you fake information they're fake they're they're feeding you the kind of information that you kind of prefer, so it plays into you prefer safety, you prefer comfort you prefer right. pride or you prefer being engrandized a little bit you you prefer thinking
1: everything's okay. and you you prefer that a lot more if you're already indoctrinated with fear right if your primary belief is fear then you're really going to be looking for comfort and safety
2: yeah i view it when we talk about emotions and logic i view it this way is that there's so many things in the world that are dualities and they work together it's like it's like a bullet if the the bullet is there, let's just use this as an example. A bullet is there mm-hmm. to do some kind of work, let's say, so in the bullet, you have an explosive, the explosive is the emotion, that is the propellant that is the thing that actually gives you the energy that's but the that power, energy right that energy is worthless to do work without the mass. If you don't have something that actually has an effect in the in this in this realm that you're trying to do the work mm-hmm. then The energy is worthless. If you don't have the mass, the energy is worthless. If you don't have the energy, the mass is just going to sit there. So you have this duality of things that actually work together to
1: create a change. That Right, so you can connect the power, which is the emotion, to something in the physical world and change the outcome.
2: Right, so I I actually picture the emotion as your drive. This is your engine, this is your propellant, and then logic is your rudder can give you a direction. And I understand that there's a more intimate interplay in there and so on and so forth. But just as a rudimentary model, I kind of view it this way as a healthy way to start. And based on what you just said a minute ago, you know how we're talking about false assumptions, I'm jumping around a little bit here, but I think a very healthy way to heal, to begin healing this propagandized and conditioned mind we have is begin to understand how much you don't know. Because we have so many false assumptions. You know, I've had so many times people would say to me when I tell them about the spraying because I smell it and taste it like, well, no, they wouldn't do that because of this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, if you have the patient sit with me for a moment, let's go through every one of those. Number one, they wouldn't spray themselves. And then like, I'm like, okay, I'll explain. Well, they're actually not spraying themselves. Number two, well, the pilots would never do that. Okay. Well, let's understand what the pilots have been told, which is why they're doing it. Number three, they wouldn't do it because of this. Okay. Let's talk about that. And by the end of the list, it's, they've got nothing to stand on. They're like, well, I was working under all of these false assumptions.
1: It's How like, many of those initial people were willing to have that patience? Once again, you're doing fantastic. That
2: is exactly where I was going. Mm-hmm. You're doing, I, 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 you just, you, you lead the conversation so well. It's awesome.
1: Well, that's that's that
2: exactly,
1: to Too, very, very few people will go through that kind of a discussion. That,
2: that's exactly my next point. And even in the writings of the globalists, they actually say we will exhaust the people. That is exactly. part of the point: is you give them so they that people aren't even willing. There's so much conflicting information; they get exhausted. And they say, "I don't even want to try anymore."
1: Right. And so it does right.
2: feel good. How many people will have the patience to actually sit there? And that's exactly true because most people don't want to sit there and go through the work because then they've been conditioned. What's well, like this isn't beneficial to me. I don't want to believe they're spraying. Right. It's like it. You have to come to a mental maturity. To me, is coming to a a place in life where where it's not about what you want. You know, it's it's not about just following every selfish desire you have. It's about truth. It's about what is truth despite how I feel because my emotions are, are, are have perversions uh, from reality because I've been conditioned. So how do I get back to that place? By beginning, by realizing what I don't know. Stop making all the assumptions and say, okay, I don't right. know if what the news said is true. I don't know if what this person said is true. So let me begin to doing a little research. And at that point where you make that decision to start doing actual research and sorting out, The truth from the fiction is when lives begin to change.
1: You're describing humility as a prerequisite to wisdom, right? Pride,
2: exactly. Pride is the force. I used to say this in high school. I used to say pride is the force that prevents the truth from passing between people.
1: Right, because pride is, is a lie to yourself in the beginning, right? I mean, humility is not some great heroic thing. It's just honesty. We're, we're looking through the filters of physical senses and mind programs.
2: Exactly. That is a fantastic, fantastic point. You cannot learn if you're proud and you cannot learn well. If you're proud, you cannot learn, learn well if you're selfish. If you're going to choose what you feel or every little desire or every little whim that you have and you just, you're in condition. To, to operate that way, you're blocking the truth and this reminds me of movies there's so many movies. I remember this in so many movies. theres a movie like Prometheus. I remember watching this years ago. This is another movie full of indoctrinational stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a, an archaeologist in there who's being questioned about his quote unquote religion and and he says these words and I've seen this in several movies they do this exact same thing where the person questioning, the religious person will say, well, why do you believe that? And he says, because I choose to.
1: Well, it's always a choice. That's right. Well, what
2: it's doing, it's putting himself, what he wants, at the center of his belief system, rather than using discernment, rather than saying, you know what, I don't know everything, so let me humble myself and admit to myself my own ignorance and my own humility and say, Okay, I need to work. I need to go seek.
1: I need to seek right. if I'm going to find. But well, what you're saying is so powerful that what, I, what I've observed from it is that if you are willing to acknowledge that truth of humility, that what happens is your desires evolve and they get closer to their original state and they merge with all you want is the truth. That is not going against your desires. It's only realizing that they're twisted in the beginning, and in the end, the desires and the de- and the seeking of truth merge, and you're not being unselfish at all. I know that sounds weird, but I- I'm trying to convey it in a way that makes sense.
2: Right, right. I get it. I get. I I get what you're saying, and
1: I think that- I, I I I don't see that that's going against your selfish desire or or your emotion at all at the point where they merge
2: right no i I see exactly what you're saying is that if we were healthy people our emotions would would always be in sync with reality in a sense
1: and Um, i'm saying that's the same as your healing work because if you understand that in in regaining physical health there's an automatic state that's buried where your body is trying to get back to its normal, healthy condition. It's not something that you have to put in. You know, it's not a magic pill from the outside. It's you're uncovering what's not there that's needed and what's toxic that's in the way. And similarly, your emotions are designed ultimately so that what you want above everything is the truth and connection to where you came from and who you really are. And that's not unselfish. That's ultimate selfishness. It's just, it's it looks impossible in the beginning because, you know, phys- on the physical level, our health has been destroyed and it seems like all we can do is survive with chemicals. And emotionally in the beginning, it seems like what we want is to hurt everybody and we're not realizing that they're not a threat. Fear is uh, not necessary. And it's just changing worlds. There has to be a... That's what I would call a change in consciousness. In the beginning, the emotions that you have are destructive to yourself, uh, above all, but also to everybody else. And your logic is twisted because it's based on false assumptions. That's not a state of health, you know, and it's not our ultimate design potential. So if we can get back to that, then... What do you know? You don't have to fight your desires at all because what you really want is whatever is true and what you brings back to reality. And we but call yeah, that...
2: yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry to interrupt you. Go, go ahead.
1: No, I'm just saying that whatever you call that change, which changes everything, including your experience of everyday life, from your emotions going really against yourself and against everybody else... You know, because it is always both. When you're walking around with thoughts condemning everybody else, you're always condemning yourself, maybe not consciously. And you get from that state to the one where you realize what you really want. You honestly, really emotionally want connection back to your source and whatever is true. And it's you don't have to fight yourself at that point. So there's a change that I'm trying to say, how do we define that? Right, this is
2: part of what I refer to and, and my school of thought refers to as the transformation. Is Yeah, sounds you become, right. It's kind of like the person I referred to earlier who went off in, to some third world country and helped feed people for two years. And right. and they just devoted their life to service to <clears> other people and they came back a changed person. They came back a transformed person because now they understand what life is about. Now their yeah. emotions are in line with what they really were built to do. And when you're doing what you're made to do, you're happy.
1: And it becomes what you want. Mm -hmm.
2: It all works together like a beautiful system.
1: Yeah, sometimes people misunderstand and say, well, the only way I can be a good person is forever fight what I want. You know, I'm going to be very unhappy and unselfish, but I'm going to be doing the right thing. And that's not really accurate. You know, you get to where it, it doesn't feel bad. It's the opposite.
2: Well, it's kind of like that two-component system I was talking about, kind of like the carrot and the stick, because I think there, you know, there is a benefit in self-denial when you know something's destructive, but yet your emotions are still doing it. When you, when you work, when you start exerting your will, you will also start seeking and saying, why do I feel this way even though it's not beneficial? It's not really edifying. It's a kind say, of addiction, isn't it? Very good. That that absolutely evolves into an addiction, yes. But when you throw when you have resistance, then that's the drive, when you exert your will to actually seek an answer, to seek a, a remedy. Right. And that's when you actually start exerting change. So when you have that that e- emotion that comes from the contention, because work is done by a difference in energy, if you think about it. I mean, I know this is getting yeah. getting like one of the a bit of kind of a, a far out conversation for a lot of people, but I love this kind of stuff because if you think about something that's sitting there still doing no work, it's just sitting there like a bump on a log, as they say, and it's doing nothing. Right. It's not until you you kind of invoke some energy into that. In the same way, when we invoke our will, that's when change can happen. So we have to have that passion. We have to have motivation. And that's part of that's the that's the gunpowder in the bullet, so to speak, that right. starts moving or the propeller on the boat that starts it moving so uh but when that happens then so so to me it's self denial there is part of you where you start you, when you come to realization in your process of of maturing, you uh-huh. realize that my emotions are not healthy they're not they're doing something destructive that's hurtful, harmful, not good, and so you start seeking when you start seeing that, and that process of seeking then replaces the false knowledge with good knowledge, and everything over time begins to align as you go through life and you become transformed because now you're getting good knowledge and now you're reconditioning your emotions and you get to a place of peace and harmony eventually where you can Well,
1: you look back and you see this self that you denied was never a real self anyway it was all based on fake assumptions and separation
2: well right i mean as long and, and i do encourage people if they have bad if they have uh impulses to do things that are harmful then definitely deny that
1: that's yeah, I, mean. I, I totally agree. I'm just saying that's right. really not who they are.
2: Right. Those are those impulses are coming from some kind of conditioning or something that exactly. that's not based in truth. Ultimately,
1: yes, and it can yeah. be made worse if the physical body is really having a hard time.
2: Absolutely, and of because course, your,
1: emo- your emotional balance has to do with hormones and all kinds of stuff.
2: Right, and this is where you see all the parts working together. This is where. This is where I look at everything as incredible design because I love complex things. I love like like designing embedded systems. I've got here what's called an Arduino board. I've been playing with our with embedded. This is an electronic. A lot of people know what this is, but it's got an Atmel 328 microprocessor in it. This little processor, what, what, right here, what
1: kind of board? What did you call it?
2: This is an Arduino Uno board. It's okay. actually very, very popular. Uh-huh. It's got it's got a microprocessor on here, which is what that long, skinny thing sitting there is. Do you know that the book that describes what that processor does is about 500 pages? Wow. It's, it's, <laughs> it's 500 pages that describes just what that chip does right there. And the thing is, is that this is something I've learned by being someone who loves to create electronic projects or to do yeah, software that person who
1: who would not go through the steps in your discussion to undo the false assumptions that wouldn't go through 10 steps you're one of the people that would go through 500 steps to find out how something works
2: that's called that's there's a name for that mm-hmm. as a software developer it's called debugging oh okay. debugging there's a bug and what is a bug it's an error what is an error it's a mm-hmm. mistruth Right. So if you have program code that you wrote, because this thing stores a computer this has memory on it that will store a program and this will run a program, just that chip right there okay. on this board. And if you've got a bug, which means you have a you have a mistruth, you have something, it causes harm. Right. That makes your coffee worker your coffee maker break. You know, or I know it's a probably a very bad example, but but it is an embedded system on your coffee maker. It's in your speaker system, you know, in your computers, in your phones. I have a phone sitting here, the microphone amplifier that I'm speaking through. I have a little mixing board over here on my on my uh on my desk here. All these things, if they had a bug in it, then something's gonna break, the sound isn't gonna be good, it may not work at all. And that's what happens with human beings. We're broken. And that's right. where humility comes in and say there's broken, there's something broken, we need to fix it. And then when you get the passion to start seeking truth and you replace the lies with truth, because that right. is where I believe pain comes from. When you actually believe a lie, yeah, the manifestation of believing a lie is ultimately pain. You, you have well, some And it's
1: of- trying to help you get back away from the lie, right?
2: Right. And we have a whole world that is in pain now.
1: Yes. Whole it's system. a macrocosm reflecting what's going on in individuals.
2: Yes, and there's a group of people who are facilitating the lies in this world.
1: Right. The sickest ones of all are running it.
2: Yeah, they have risen in to, to a point where they are controlling it and, and running it. And uh so now we're in we're in, we're in a bad bad place in history, I guess I would say. Yeah. Difficult place, if nothing else. Painful, A
1: painful. What you, called, suffering. what you called transformation, which is the process that's needed to fix that, is a combination of physical change and emotional change and clarity for logic and humility and all this stuff. Otherwise, if you're given the ideas, even if they're correct, you're not going to be able to benefit from them if you can't connect. So really the question it comes down to is, how do people heal? You know, because they, the, a lot of times they think if they just start talking about great ideas and great physical things and true health and geoengineering and being spiritually better and all these things. But you, you hear people talking about any of that stuff. And if they're coming from a really sick emotional basis, um, it's not going to have a good result. So the the question and all you've been saying is all right what do people do who are in the, realize they're functioning from false assumptions and twisted emotions and programs and they want to help change the world for the better they have to start with themselves how do they do that on themselves
2: well to lay a little bit of foundation there's two ways to do it i believe is that you can you can do it the easy way, by learning from other people's mistakes, or you can okay. do it the hard way, by paying them all
1: suffering. yourself. Right? What's that? Make all the mistakes yourself and then figure it out. You, you can either <laughs> learn from
2: other people's mistakes or you can make them all yourself. And that's where I was going to say pain and suffering. And that's the cycle yeah. of civilization If people notice is that people get comfortable and happy. Then they get lazy and apathetic. And then things begin to degrade. And then People start infiltrating the system who yeah. that do the things that are being done now that corrupt knowledge, that corrupt comfort, that corrupt truth. Mm-hmm. And then things degrade into a state of great pain and suffering. And then people go through all this pain and suffering. And then they get back to step one where they realize, Oh my gosh, I should have, I should have done all the found, all the fundamentals to begin with. It's about fundamentals or fundamentals. So
1: it sounds like a circular cycle, right?
2: Yes, and this is what you see. And and this is what is frustrating for me in the world is because you'll hear me say a lot of times I've done interviews, my <laughs> favorite mantra is it doesn't have, well, one of my favorites is it doesn't have to be this way.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't. It, it doesn't if people could... See through the fake programs, and right? It's up okay. from yeah. a different perspective.
2: Exactly, like you said, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. And the way I look at, I interpret what you're what you're saying. The way I relate to that is, I think it, what I'm saying is that you can you can either make the change on your own by your own will, or you're going to wait until all the pain and suffering happens, and yeah. then you're going to make that. So, do you really want to wait to that point? you know to 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 where all that pain and suffering happens to make that change
1: you know when you go through that i mean in my case i mostly chose the pain and suffering route i tried to make mistakes in as many ways as i possibly could you know within what i was capable of and i learned at an amazing depth about a lot of things because of that but um you know, I wouldn't recommend it, and yet, looking back, I didn't have the consciousness to do it differently at the time. And in the world, you know, you're saying that the learning in cycles in history uh leads to comfort and, and decay, and that's been going on for at least tens of thousands of years, and it's been a mess uh, for a long time, I mean, thousands of years ago, the evil was still there, but it didn't have the technology and organization to do what it's doing now. So, right. you know, what? I think it's a search for how can you help people, like you were trying to do with the herb company, um, to short-circuit that long track of making every possible mistake in order to learn what's going on. How can we avoid that cycle?
2: I think th- this is the reason that I say so often it doesn't have to be this way, is we have to start believing that, first of all. is that Believing
1: weird? that it doesn't have to be impossible.
2: It, it not only doesn't have to be impossible, but we don't have to make every mistake in order to return to fundamentals. I think we need to return to the fundamentals. That's what happens when this great cycle of civilization happens, and we get to the point of pain and suffering, these people who get to this point of pain and suffering kind of finally get back to this point of, of of getting back to this point of stasis and comfort by remembering the fundament, fundamentals. And the fundamentals are what we were talking about a little while ago: is what are the most important things in your life? The most important things in your life, I believe, that people reach when they reach this point and they transition to this 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 place of fundamentals, is that the number one thing is relationships relationship with your creator, relationship with other people. These are the fundamentals, I believe, that people ultimately return to in realizing that this is what life is about. It's about forming a relationship with the one who built this huge embedded system that we call the universe, and it's incredibly ornate. It's incredibly intrinsic, uh in there it's it's unbelievably complex and beautiful at the same time the cre- and it's that's a reflection of the creator i think that is um that is the number one thing and right next door to that is our relationships with all the other people who are also forming relationships with each other and with their creator in my view that's what the return to being to the fundamental truths, are is why are we here? What is our purpose and what is our point? What those infiltrators try to do, this is always their pattern throughout history, is they always try to start changing knowledge, changing what you believe. They try to move the fundamental people, or the, not the fundamental people, the people fundamentally away from the fundamental truths. Because when you're in that place of understanding and having a relationship with your creator, And with other people, you are empowered. That, to me, is a true place of empowerment because that's what we're built to do. What they try to do is these people who infiltrate, Mm -hmm. um, who you would probably refer to as unhealthy or they have a misunderstanding, these Mm -hmm. people start seeing profit motive, some benefit to themselves by moving these people away from their fundamental empowered place, the true empowerment. Yeah. And so they start twisting truth a little bit, saying, well, you know, you really want a relationship with a television character instead of a real human being. You mm-hmm. want a relationship with your money rather than a human being. You want a relationship with your physical <clears throat> toys rather than another human or your creator. And because then they can sell more stuff. So they start moving the people away from those fundamentals because they have profit motive. And by gaining profit, they gain not only profit, but power. And then when that profit and power increases, then it moves to a place where they start putting themselves in high places in governments. Mm-hmm. And then when it, it transitions to the last phase, which is where I believe we're on the brink of right now, it's at the point where um they pretty much control the whole show. They've got people so conditioned that the situation looks hopeless in a lot of ways. I don't Mm -hmm. ever believe it's hopeless because I believe there's a much bigger picture than this. But it looks that way in many fronts. And then that transition, unfortunately, back to getting to fundamentals is usually a very hard thing to do emotionally because people have to travel so far from their previous belief system and they also have to look at themselves. And I always tell people, the most difficult person you'll ever face in your entire life is yourself.
1: Yeah, and I would just say your fake self.
2: Well, that's probably a good way to put it. And But it's the one in that, power. Right. And I think that that's what it is, is that the way to to answer your question, the way back to this fundamental state of having fulfillment, happiness, joy, being empowered and fulfilled in life. Uh, and not having all this death and destruction around us is getting back to the fundamental premise and the process of that is looking at yourself saying, am I doing things that are harming other people? Am I being selfish in ways that harm other people or harm myself? Am I involved in anything that is causing destruction? I need to realign my, li- my life into returning to fundamentals. And this is hard, not only because it's hard for people to face themselves because of pride, because of their innate pride, where they don't want to show their weaknesses or their flaws to other people, and they certainly don't want to face them th- themselves. Um, it's also hard um, because it's scary to realize that you have so little control Um, over the current or how scary the current situation can look if you if you had to admit this is if you had to admit that there were a group of people in control of the world who want to depopulate the world most people Mm -hmm. don't even want to entertain that thought because it's too scary i referred earlier in our talk back in the early 90s when i started having political meetings i had the first meeting i had my living room was packed full of people we couldn't fit anyone else in there and I'd worked real hard to get my friends and family to come, and I wanted them, I was like, we're going to make a difference, and we're going to teach people, and we're going to return back to a place of, of good things and get the corruption out. Right. The second meeting I had, mm-hmm. I had four people. Wow. Wow. And the first meeting, let me tell you, was not bad. It was amazing. The We had a a person who gave a lecture for about, I don't know, 90 to 120 minutes, which was One of the, I remember to this day was one of the best lectures I've ever heard. He was an absolutely brilliant person, one of the smartest people I've ever known. And he laid out a whole plan and everything in such a way that was understandable by everybody, palatable and fantastic. But in the process of doing that, he had to reveal how far away we were from where we should be. So what happened is I went to those people who didn't come to this meeting, the second meeting, they came you to the first them, one, but they come, I would ask why them say, what did I, you know, no judgment, you know, yeah. but I just want to know if we did something wrong or what was it that made you not interested in the second meeting? Exactly. And the answer I got was it's
1: too scary. Wow. Wow.
2: And I was like, that was a revelation and, for me.
1: Yeah, that's that a real scientific study that should be written up everywhere.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that, that, that is where we are today. We are in dire wow. straits. We're in a dangerous place in history where a lot of pain and suffering is potentially on the horizon, sadly. because People are people choosing are not-
1: unconsciousness because it's too scary to be aware of what's really going on.
2: It's too scary to face not only themselves but what is actually yeah. going on in the world, and that's where right. we are.
1: Right. That's such a valuable thing that you did to find out the reason. And and you know you were describing the people who fall into the misunderstanding of profit above everything, and that's what what they should do, and they get into government corporations and run the show. At this point, there's also a group that falls for a deeper level of it that actually start to believe that by intentionally hurting people and causing pain it psychically empowers them you know it basically comes from something called satanism but it has has many levels and i've seen it and um they're even more confused than the prophet people but they they do get a really sick kind of power for it from it and i think that's really causing unbelievable damage right now and one of the questions I had is like you tried to do it with the group at, at your house and everybody was too scared. And I'm saying those were just the general level people that were following orders and staying unconscious and looking to the next dopamine hit or temporary entertainment or something that keep keep them distracted instead of, you know, looking at the really scary stuff. The people above them that are running the system the closer you get to the top where it's really intentional, they need to be affected and they're more difficult than the ones who came to your house. So my question was, okay, since I agree with you on this change, transformation that has to be made and it can't be faked, you can't have people just say, well, yeah, now I'm really interested in all these higher values. No, they're not. They're emotionally really messed up and that has to be fixed and healed. And... It brings, you know, this gets into another discussion, but it's connected. Things, for example, like the Emoto water experiment, which I assume you know about. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the fact that focused emotion, like you said, being the powder in the cartridge is where all the power is. But how do you translate that into physical effect? And what Emoto showed, and other people too, in a really interesting way, and we call those the five clues that I looked into, is that just your focused, emotional, clear intent changes the behavior of other people and circumstances, and it even changes so-called inanimate objects, like water. And once that was clear, the question should have been, although no one has really run with this... What could that do, as far as impact on world events? and what I've seen is that the people at the top of the negative system, running this toward intentional extermination, are believing this a hundred percent and are using it and are projecting emotional intent into the atmosphere, just like geoengineering, except they're focusing on fear, division, hatred of self, and others. And it's being very effective. And what I've come to over the last, I don't know, probably 20 years with it is that this is a more powerful toxin in our atmosphere now than the physical aspect of the spraying, and that's bad enough. So the question was, you know, okay, another bad thing, what do you do about it? And there have been clues, like an experiment of people focusing the emotion of world harmony and peace And the crime rate in the city goes down, but it pops right back up when they stop, and it only went down like 40%, which is still a lot. What that means, you know, taking an analytical view like you were talking about with the programs, is that murderers and rapists and carjackers who are not part of the meditation experience and trying to be all, you know, receptive and harmonious, they decided not to commit murders at the times when these people were focused on harmony. And it's saying there's power that can flow through us, even if it's physically not manifested as action. And it's the only way that I've seen that we actually could do something to influence the behavior of people who you could never talk to. And I think that's an open-ended field that needs to be gone into, and who is willing to do it? So that's the stage I'm at now. Mm. Very powerful.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really hard problem um, because people who are in this fourth quadrant over here who um, are captivated by the system are actually captivated. They are in a prison. Yeah. Yeah, they're actually in a prison of false beliefs. And getting back to this place here. Is a very hard transition because everything that's been conditioned into this group of people will fight getting back to this fundamental place because of the conditioning of those people who have profited from their conditioning. Right. And because those people who have profited are in such a, a place of power, I know that historically, over and over and over, there's very, very, very few examples of any exceptions to this. And it's very unfortunate of people going from this quadrant back to a place. of of fundamentals right um almost always is through pain and suffering and it's i would like to avoid that i'm suffering right (laughs) now in fact a minute ago i just took a magnesium because they just they hit us with a plume here about 15 minutes ago and it's like you can Mm -hmm. hear my sinuses swelling up very inflammatory it's um i'm feeling it i'm tasting it it's really bad and um we're
1: almost done with this segment, so we can
2: let you rest and recover. Oh, it's fine. I, I push through this every day. We get hit it usually every two hours. The, lately, it's been worse than it's ever been. Uh, but uh, it's been really, really, really bad the last few yeah. months. I mean, worse than ever. But Would um, you
1: would you agree with me that you'd like to avoid the suffering aspect of this stuff?
2: I w- I'm already suffering, but yes, I would like to. I avoid...
1: mean, from this point on, if, if you could.
2: Yes, from this point on, I would really, really like I don't know how to convince people. I think that people are in such a cage that I don't have any great historical examples. No, I I don't see any way to do it. Yeah, I don't see any great historical examples of how you transition a culture from here to here without without them having to suffer the natural consequences of, of that transition. And so...
1: And at any given time, it seems to affect very few being able to change.
2: It's very unfortunate because the pain and suffering is very sad to see. And I believe, like I always say, it doesn't have to be this way. If people are willing to make sacrifices, it comes comes down to self-sacrifice. Facing yourself, giving up some of your goods, if you're profiting from something cuz like like we talked about the people in this quadrant have been pushed to a point where they're profiting in some way or or like getting back to the people at the very top right mm-hmm. we talked about how they're the like the sickest of all they're the ones who, yeah. who psychically and what you said i'll support what you said is literally true they believe that through abuse of and, and i know this through directly through whistleblowers who have come out that uh-huh. through the abuse of people, other people, often <clears throat> right. young people, yeah, they feel like they're empowered by that and that they gain power and that they gain even some sense of eternal life by abusing young people.
1: They do feel that, yeah.
2: They believe that that's part of the path to that place, and so they're willing to invoke that suffering on other people. And right. We're here to say, I believe you and I would agree, that that is not the way to you know happiness or eternal life or any of the or power empowerment abusing other people is act the opposite of that actually i believe right but that's what they're taught and because they have been so conditioned to actually enjoy the process so much that breaking out of that is like trying to break out of prison
1: yeah i totally agree with you
2: yeah So that's the place we are. We have a a culture that is imprisoned by these false beliefs, and it's a very hard problem to solve. So people have the will. I mean, people could at any time, when if they see the cliff ahead, they could say, hey, I don't want to go over that cliff, and I'm going to make a smart decision, and I want to avoid that, so I'm going to make some changes, and I'm going to get together with other people and encourage them to do the same. Fantastic that would be great because that would probably alleviate a lot of suffering for a lot of people. But um, unfortunately, because of the way the world is structured right now and the countries are controlled, I believe all the countries are controlled, this is a growing belief system, I have believed, since the 80s. Early mm. 90s, actually, is when I really cemented this belief. Uh, the Uniform Commercial Code, the Golden Fringe Flag, uh, the globalists, through the financial system, gain control. They've been working very hard since the foundation of the United States to control every country. That's been their usage of the United States, and that's indoctrinated in some of their own writings. Is that That's what they would use the United States for, and indeed they have. Right, right. This is why the United States has come to be hated by some other countries, because there are some other groups of people who have recognized how the United States has been abused and been abusive to other countries. Which right. I don't want to be a part of that I don't want to abuse any countries. I think all people should have the ability to make their own decisions and not so anyway, all in all, those people at the top really do believe that by abusing others they gain power in extreme cases even even eternal life as they try to sell that to other people right
1: right. so
2: how do you break out? How do you break out one by one? I mean, the best I can do is. What we're doing right now is we're putting the truth out there, and at some point, as these individuals that are caught in this prison start suffering, they will say, I don't want this anymore. How do I get out? And they will hear a show like this and say, oh, it doesn't have to be this way. I can change my ways. I can give up my job, which is exploiting people, if it is. I can give up my whatever I need to in life to return to this place knowing that it's better and i will willfully do that and as in any other technology there are early adopters and late adopters some people will do it before others but to me as far as i can come up with the best thing is to tell the truth to put it out there explain it to people and start helping them get out of that prison one by one
1: I totally agree. Yeah. And that's there's no better time to do that later. It's everyday life matters.
2: Right. Yes. Absolutely. There As I sit here, I have suffered from chemtrails so much. I believe that chemtrails the poison is unbelievable. I mean, yesterday and a few days earlier were the two were In fact, the day a few days ago was the worst spray day we have had in years. It was
1: wow, wow,
2: unbelievable. And these are usually days I see ambulances going by, and I live out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and that it's suffering when I see here an ambulance. I'm like, okay, they took somebody down. Somebody's having a yeah. heart attack. Somebody's having breathing problems. Childhood uh, asthma is now the number one childhood disease. Right? Um, yeah. Why, smoking's an all time low. <laughs> Guess what? Mercury causes asthma. We not we have a study that shows that and. Chemtrails contain mercury. So why is child? I know, I know a child with asthma and I, and I have actually seen that child have an (sighs) episode when we got hit with a plume.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you don't give credit to vaccines and drugs because they're still doing a great job too.
2: Right. Putting all that mercury in people, you know, more mercury, get that mercury, get that formaldehyde, get that aluminum in people. You know, is that benefiting you people? That's why they're in a prison. All these people who, who open their arm and say, Put it in me. Put it in me. It's like, right. do you not understand poison? You, you are you know, so a far of the, away from simple A lot of the new modules. doctors,
1: yeah, a, lot of the so- really, a lot of the really brave doctors that uh, talk about how bad the COVID vaccine is, and it's actually, they finally realized it's a bioweapon. It's made to hurt you. It is effective. It's supposed to kill you and disable you they don't realize that all the vaccines up to now have been just precursors to the same thing. They yeah. think the other ones are normal.
2: Yeah. And, 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 and as you're talking, I'm bringing up a study that was run by a pediatrician. Um, he lost his license after the study. Um, Got a series of graphs on one of our websites, com. Cumulative office visits. Here's a study he did on his own patients. He had a very big, very busy office. Lots This of is a
1: guy in Washington or Oregon somewhere.
2: Uh, I don't remember his location. Um, What's, his name?
1: What's his name?
2: It's in the video. I don't know offhand. Okay. Uh, it is Oregon. Oregon, yeah. Uh, yes, it is Oregon. So it's probably the same person. Cumulative study visits. Here's, <clears throat> here, here's a series of graphs. Cumulative study visits vaccinated versus the unvaccinated patients uh, uh, born into the practice, the clarity of the age-specific differences in health fates of individuals who are vaccinated, which are 2,763, so it wasn't small, compared to the 561 vaccinated patients born into the practice over a 10-year period, uh, is strikingly clear in this comparison of the cumulative numbers of diagnosis in the two patient groups. So you have the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. The number of office visits for the unvaccinated is adjusted by sample size multiplied by a factor of 4.9 to the expected value, blah, 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 blah. So they, they shifted it, uh, per capita to make it an abs. So a per capita proper balance study. And he lost his license. And here's what it shows. Asthma, number one, number one on the list. Every single one of these graphs. So the vaccinated had many times more office visits. For the following diseases, than the unvaccinated across the board, universal asthma. And this is before
1: the COVID shot.
2: Before the COVID shot, allergic rhinitis, breathing issues, behavioral issues, ADD, respiratory infection, um, otitis media, ear pain, in other types of infection, eye disorders, other eye disorders, eczema, dermatitis, and I will. I would I would say that this list goes far beyond what he studied because yeah. every one of these diseases can potentially be connected with either mercury or aluminum, both of which are in most vaccines. And I know they claim that mercury was taken out of childhood vaccines, which turned out to, there's some very good sources that say it was not, it wasn't
1: taken out. Well, some it, of it was, and it was replaced with aluminum which which was found to be just as effective
2: right just
1: as effective and,
2: so this is effective what kind of effect are they 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 uh looking for they're looking for effectiveness in profit margin because who benefits from all these diseases the same group of people that control um control the show these days
1: the doctor <coughs> the doctor that you mentioned is a pediatrician we had him on the show and did you yeah, most of the pediatricians uh, at this point make most of their money on vaccines.
2: Yes, and this was an honest one. This is one who took a look at himself, right?
1: Right. Yeah, he you're not allowed that, to do that. You can made do that transition. Like that. Go right. ahead. You can't do stuff like that. This is one of the forbidden areas to question. And isn't that what licensing, licensing is for?
2: Licensing you- is a control mechanism, right? Licensing has nothing to do with protection of the people. It's protecting the industry from the people. It's so it's the like, industry can make better profits by doing things like this. That's right. With, under the illusion of empowering the people and protecting the people, they're actually harming the people. That's why there are people in the beginning of this country, and I don't know if I have this sitting around. I've actually got one of these pocket constitutions, which I've had since the 80s. I've had a whole box of them actually. I used to give them out. And they have a whole section in there on licensing. There are people who gave their lives fighting licensing in the beginning of this country because it was so
1: evil. Wow. License. It is. You know, and there's what you're exposing is layers and layers and layers of scam. Beyond what people can imagine. I mean, in science, the fake science that we've got now, one of the biggest forces against breakthrough real science is the peer review process. Right. (laughs) To make sure that nobody thinks too far outside the box.
2: And in this FDA uh, process that says, let's say you sell vitamin A. I told you earlier that you can't have you're at an herb store and you have vitamin A. Right. And vitamin A helps all kinds of things like vision and all kinds of your body uses vitamin A for all kinds of things your immune system, immunity does all kinds of great stuff. Right. But once you put it in a bottle, you need to run millions of dollars of tests submitted and approved by the FDA before you're allowed to claim that it does any of those things that common research shows that it does.
1: Right. Otherwise, it's an unapproved drug.
2: Yeah, you can't even talk about it within 20 feet. You can't have literature within 20 feet of that in your store, in that unwritten right. policy. So then the next company comes along and says, gee, you know, this vitamin A stuff is good. It's helping people. We're a business. We want to make some money helping people, which is great. Make money helping people. I'm all That's for it. it. should be. There's yeah. nothing wrong with helping people and making a living doing it. That's make what I've as done. as much as you want. Make it. I, I make money. You know, yeah. don't idolize money. I don't think that's a good idea. But if you want to make a living helping people, fantastic. I think it's a great Money
1: can idea. actually be used for good things. Isn't that funny? So you make a whole a- bunch of money by doing good and then help people with it. It's incredible.
2: What, what a concept. And this, this yeah. was my concept in the 90s when I went into business. 1997, I formed a business. That was it. It was like I could go design embedded systems and make four times the money I'm making, yeah, but I chose, because this pays well, you know, designing embedded systems, right. good programming pays well. Right. Um, I could have done a lot of things and made many times more money than I do, but I said, you know what? I want to help people. But anyway, so the second company comes by and says that vitamin A stuff, this company's making a lot of money. We can do this too. We want to help people too, and we can profit from it. We want to, they put in a bottle with a label, guess what? They can't say, hey, Vitamin A does all this stuff that we know it does. They have to have millions and millions and millions of dollars of FDA studies and all this stuff proved by the uh, studies pr- approved by the FDA before they can say vitamin A does X, Y, and Z, even right. though it's common knowledge. <clears throat> yeah, that is how they're doing this. It, it is absurd to say that vitamin A you can't say this about this product that you encapsulate and the whole purpose of this is similar licensing it keeps the little guy out if you don't have millions and millions and millions of dollars for those studies then -hmm. you're not allowed to say things about your product that we all know is is commonly available but you can't say your product does it even though your product does it right and that protects the pharmaceutical industry and it keeps more people sick because less people learn that vitamin oh, A does all these amazing things.
1: That's right. And that's oh, another n- another website that you might want to let people know about. It's called the control group.org. And that was a big study nationwide about uh, the health of totally unvaccinated versus vaccinated people. Anyway, that that was an amazing study. And what it showed long before COVID was that every disease is way higher among vaccinated people than unvaccinated, even the ones that seem unrelated. And with respect to autism, um, central nervous system condition that affects, you know, mostly kids, and it was always being debunked, vaccines don't cause autism. Well, what this study showed is that basically where there's no vaccination, there's no autism draw your own conclusions, even though there's other contributing factors.
2: I, When you're done, I would love to talk to that because I have a lot of personal experience in that area.
1: Yeah, we can go into that. We should wrap it up because we've been going a long time. Okay,
2: but, uh, ab- absolutely. Well, what I what I would share about, first about vaccines is I'm looking at another thing on the Orbis Fatai website. We have a whole study that was published by some doctors that show... This is from raw data in Canada showing these different diseases before and after a vaccine was introduced. What they did, wow. I'll just summarize this. If people want to see the study, go to Orbis Vitae on the homepage. Scroll down. Yeah, yeah. S-
1: slow down and spell that website.
2: Sure. It's Orbis, which is Latin for orbit, which means circle. O-R-B-I-S, Orbis. Huh? Vitae, uh-huh. which is Latin for life. So it means circle of life, orbis of Vitae, V I T A E dot com. Okay, good. Okay, this study actually shows look at this from the 1880s all the way down to 1948, tuberculosis dropped, I don't know, 80, 90%. Then they introduced the vaccine and took credit for curing tuber- tuberculosis. Here's measles. From 1935 to 1959, no vaccine. It dropped ninety over ninety percent. They introduced the vaccine after it had dropped ninety percent, and say vaccine.
1: What disease was that? Measles. Oh, okay, okay,
2: right. So it drops ninety percent. Then they introduce the vaccine and say, "Look what vaccines did." (laughs) It's it is an absolute lying scam. Pertussis. Mortality rates per 100,000 adjusted from 1918 to 1948 dropped, oh, about 90%. Uh-huh. They introduced the vaccine in 1948 and took credit. And it goes on. There's there's another one. There's uh, influenza. Of course, they don't have regular scarlet fever.
1: Um, so you can Im- imagine the boardroom meetings about this stuff. And, and whoever's proposing this, this is going to be great. We're going to make billions of dollars, and we can inject people, make them sick, make them permanent customers of the medical system. We're going to make money in so many ways. And all we have to tell people is that we've cured all these things that we made worse. And the other board members say, nobody's going to believe that. Forget it. And and the board members suggesting it. You haven't heard of advertising, have you? People believe anything. And that's what they did.
2: Right, and this is how gullible we have been. We've all the
1: doctors believe that now. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. believe they cured
2: polio and smallpox. And think how hard it's going to give a doctor, get a doctor to change from this quadrant to come back to fundamentals. Because the hardest person he's going to have to face is himself. After he spent right. two hundred fifty thousand right. on medical school, right, he spent ten years paying it back or however many years, years, and he's got a practice making. A quarter of a million dollars a year. I know doctors, I grew up with doctors in a medical family. Um, how hard is it going to be for that guy to go back to fundamentals when he's well, got that behind him?
1: Not just the financial incentive, but uh the medical school conditions you to know that you're right and nobody else can possibly even understand your, your logic. And that everything coming out of government agencies like CDC is defined as unquestionably true.
2: Right. Absolutely. And I guess since before we wrap it up, can I just share my mercury story with you real quick? Sure. Since you brought up mercury, mercury is one of my favorite subjects because it's my personal belief that that has been the number one profit maker for the medical industry historically. Um. Mm -hmm. There is no good reason to have mercury in a vaccine in an amalgam filling or in other places at all because mercury is extremely destructive to the body in small, small amounts. And if you look, I've explained to people because I've done a lot of research on this. Dr. Hal Huggins, I came to the conclusion years ago that over 100 of the most common diseases, and and people can hear me saying this on talk shows back 10 years ago or whenever I started mm-hmm. over a hundred of the most common diseases today are caused by mercury. i not saying it's the only cause, but I think it is the primary cause for a lot of those, if not the vast majority of them, to be honest with you, a hundred of the most common, not obscure diseases, but the most common diseases years and years later, doc, before he passed away, Dr. Hal Huggins, who wrote the book, it's all in your head, which was the book that opened my eyes to amalgam fillings. And three weeks after Three weeks after I read that book, I had my feelings out and I was cured of 85% of my ailments. Three months later, everything I'd ever wow. had was gone. That's my doctors have
1: story. to know how to do that safely. Right. You can't just chip it out.
2: I have told yeah, that's exactly right. I have told people who who called me because people call me and they want information. And I'm like, sure, I'll share whatever I have with you. I'm not a doctor, but obviously I'm just sharing my own, uh, my own experiences with people, um, But I have told them, I said, don't go out and do it until you find a dentist that will do all these safety protocols because it can hurt you. And I had a handful of them that did it anyway with their regular dentist because they didn't believe me. And I got a couple phone calls back. One of them, for an example, was the guy's wife who said he had his feelings out and now he's terribly sick and this and that happened to him. And I said, you know, I said, I'm so sorry for what happened to you. That's why I told him, do not do this until you find a dentist who's qualified to do this and uses all these safety protocols. I tell everybody that because this is extremely toxic. Have, yeah. you, ever, have you ever heard of dentists being the most suicidal career group? Yeah. There's a reason. So my Mercury story is basically this. In summary, I got sick from 1995 mm-hmm. to 2000. I got 17- physical issues, and a handful of emotional issues. In um, fact, some of the emotional issues like extreme shyness and some fears and phobias began, uh, and depression, which was not clinical, clinically diagnosed. It's just that I felt terribly depressed and suicidal a lot. Right. This was back when I was. This is when mm-hmm. I had the feelings. Well, this, this all went away. But,
1: what but year anyway. are you talking about? What time frame?
2: Uh, teenager, after my feelings fill, started going in my mouth. Okay. okay. I started getting very depressed. Um, but I had, I had weight gain, which I couldn't control, which was tough for me because I was always very athletic, cycling, racquetball in the Florida sun. I grew up in Florida, depression, thinning hair because DHT, uh, destroys your hair follicles, which is, uh, mercury stops the trance, uh, the enzyme that, uh, converts DHT. Mm Uh, so waking depression, thinning hair, uh, fatigue, constipation, candida, which was out of control, anxiety, out of control, insomnia, out of control, low blood sugar, out of control, immune weakness, ringing the ears was so bad sometimes I couldn't sleep, tingling hands and feet, um, hot and cold feelings, you know, always feeling hot or cold, very hot or very cold, grinding my teeth at night to the point where I eventually was bleeding and when I would wake up, I'd have blood in my mouth. A wow. uh, very oily skin, which was weird. I was like, why am I getting oily skin uh, on my face, especially um, uh, sweating? I would I would sweat and be so hot that if I went to a restaurant and I set my arms on the table within a few minutes, there would just be moisture as if mm-hmm. you had sprayed water on it. That's how yeah. hot and sweaty I was all the time. Um, uh. Okay, sleep uh, sleep problems, heartburn, terrible, terrible heartburn. My joints would crack all the time. And guess what? They do now. I can crack my knuckles. I could not do this after my feelings came out, but it came back after Chemtrail started. Mm. Very poor memory. My short-term memory got so bad that when I was giving people tech support for the software we sold, I had to write down stuff we were talking about and what their name was in a word processor on my computer screen while we were talking because I wow. couldn't remember it. That's how bad my memory became. And while I had this is the last year before I had my feelings out, because my symptoms got worse and worse over time. This is what happens in the body. Very poor memory, very, very shy. That shyness happened right at the beginning of having the feelings in. Um, fear of commitment, uh, fear of confrontations, apathy about personal issues, uh, short attention span, terrible reading comprehension. I'd have to read something. Three to five, I would read a paragraph three to five times before comprehending it. Um, very, very difficult to deal with. 85, I had my feelings removed in um, July of 2000. 85% of these symptoms went away in 24 hours. Wow. When I was sleeping, it was so bad <clears throat> that I would go to bed at night. I would wake up five times a night, literally five times every night. I had to urinate every time and there's a significance to that because mercury makes your body um your kidney go into emergency mode and get rid of all your minerals. So you become demineralized by mercury. Mm, so you right. have to you have to urinate throughout the night a lot and you'll wake up because you have shallow sleep because it raises your uh catechol transferase and it raises it lowers your GABA which is an immuno, uh, which is a neuroregulator. Raises your C, uh, lowers your COMT, which breaks down adrenaline, norepinephrine, um, uh, um, and, um estrogen and dopamine. So your adrenaline and all this, so you become hyper. There's where the hyperactivity comes from is from the, the raised adrenaline, n- uh, norepinephrine and dopamine. You also can have feminization because your estrogen levels then skyrocket. And then you also can get hyper and have looping thoughts and songs you can't shut up in your mind. Your mind starts racing because mm-hmm. your GABA amino butyric acid, your GABA gets shunted by mercury. So all this stuff happened to me. 85% was gone. I had the best night's sleep that I had ever had in my life the night my fillings were removed. I would go to bed and wake up in a pool of sweat for the last year before my mercury was removed out of my fillings. That went away. That night, I had the best night of sleep. I used to have to keep the room at 64 degrees, between 60 and 64 degrees to sleep because I was so hot. That night, I literally turned my temperature up to 72 in order to be comfortable. My my regulation changed completely that night. Within the next three months, my poor short-term memory, my depression, my anxiety, all of those emotionally-type related issues, my hyperactivity, all disappeared in three months after having them for most of my life they were completely gone to the point where my memory was so good i went from the when we would play board games that involved memory i was like the worst player i went in most cases to being the best player i played a, it was absolutely when i wanted to recall something i would just remember it and it was amazing because mercury interferes with your recall So anyway, without going on too long, because I know we have a long show here, I just would love, I love that I have an opportunity to share what I went through with mercury, but I do want to warn people that chemtrails contain mercury. I came Mm -hmm. to this conclusion shortly after they started spraying us where I lived in Jamestown, New York. All my mercury symptoms came back. I'm very, very familiar with exactly how mercury feels and what it does to my body. My business partner started having her mercury. She went through all this with me. She had her feelings out the same day I did. She went through a transformation. Then when they started spraying, all these symptoms began coming back, and they would come back, especially with a plume. A plume would hit Mm -hmm. us, my ears would start ringing again, and then after about an hour, the ringing would go away. And then the next plume, two hours later, because at that time, it was two-hour intervals. In fact, it was that way for about a decade. Like Basically, most of the spraying was on two-hour intervals. I'd have people call me and say, it's so weird, but my husband's blood pressure spikes every two hours. Do you think that's related to chemtrails? And I would show them my veins. I said, Yeah, we just got hit, or tell them about my veins. I wouldn't show them. We're on the phone. And I would, and my veins just stick out of my hand because my blood pressure, my inflammation just skyrockets. Wow. So I would tell people that all these mercury symptoms, um, most of them have come back, not all of them. I don't, I'm not depressed anymore or anything like that. Um, but I do have some anxiety, but I control that myself mentally and with herbs, uh, help with that too. Mm -hmm. It's not, and it's not because I'm a fearful person at all. It's because my enzymatic and hormone system is being completely decimated by the mercury that I'm breathing as I talk to you right now.
1: And that that's why you have no choice but to take care of your body the best you can, you know, Absolutely. because even even if you don't have time and you're just interested in helping the world and being a good spiritual person and all these things, if you ignore the physical body, your emotional state is going to be at the mercy of messed up hormones and enzymes and all the stuff that you're talking about. You You have to deal with it if you're in a physical body.
2: And those people who are in high places who used to get mercury in children with the red teething stuff, I can't remember what it's called, but they banned that because they quickly recognized it was destroying children. But they did everything they could to get it in your veins with vaccines. But a lot of people were waking up in the 80s and 90s, right? right? And then they did everything they could also with compact fluorescent light bulbs. If you break a CFL light bulb in your house, Right, exactly. Your house is contaminated even after you do the EPA recommended cleanup. And and I've had I've talked to people, I've communicated with people who actually have told me their their stories where they broke one in their bedroom and their wife and themselves act in this particular one I'm remembering Started having all kinds of mercury symptoms. They had no idea what was going. Took them months to realize that these bulbs have tremendous amount of mercury in them.
1: This is so complex and evolved and multilayered. People just have to become conscious again, or there's no way they even understand it. You know, this is what we have. Another ten hours we could do with this for sure. Mm. But one of the things it brings up in my mind is. You know, the the attitude toward environmental problems in general, because I've been anybody who is coherently thinking is an environmentalist on the real in the real sense, because poisoning your life support system is really not an intelligent thing to do. It has to be cleaned up. And on, you know, America was never intended to have political parties. The founders were really against it. And when you look at the parties now, it's like another form of medical school where you memorize that CDC is always right. They memorize that their party line is always right. So if you talk to a lot of the so-called right-wing Republican people about environmental stuff, they'll say, oh, it's all fake. There's no environmental issues at all, which is completely wrong. And if you talk to the people on the left, you say, well, the environmental issues are terrible. We only have 10 years to live and it's all man-made climate change. And the antidote is to give up all your freedom, you know, and they're, they're just both taking completely ridiculous points of view. And the environmental issue is so urgent that I would say Rachel Carson, who wrote about it, I think in the sixties, uh, Silent Spring book that she put out was understating the issue. It's much more severe than that. I mean, just the fact that they have convinced farmers that growing your food with poison is really a smart scientific thing to do. (laughs) I I was in elementary
2: school when I would tell my friends, I would say, humans are the only species that poison their food before eating it. I remember 6th yeah,
1: sixth, sixth grade, 7th seventh, seventh
2: and 8th grade, actually. I, I, would I don't know
1: if, if animals had the technology, whether they would be wise enough not to use it. But we have it, and we're not wise enough. The animals almost, you know, in many ways, they're way more advanced than humans. They practically never blow up the world. And humans are doing everything they can to destroy it. Practically Atri- never. Atrazine is a weed killer. Talking about hormone disruptor, a major influence on all the... Uh, gender dysphoria and confusion that's going on now, what you're pointing out is that these emotional and mental states are deeply tied to physical chemical reactions.
2: Mercury. Mercury destroys catecholomethyltransferase ability to be produced because it displaces magnesium. Magnesium is required in 80% of the population
1: to create
2: the enzyme Mm -hmm. that breaks down adrenaline, norepinephrine, which is like adrenaline. um, Right dopamine and um and um estrogen so it cha- it estrogen estrogen so yeah. why why do you have feminization why do you have also in women but mercury has the opposite effect in women though and effect it, it does those things but it also dramatically increases uh dhd dihydrotestosterone so it can create right. The, the, Hyper
1: feminization.
2: Right. It can create feminization in men and it can create masculization
1: in women. Mercury. Right. So you can't just mentally deprogram people who are having that problem. You've got to change the hormone balance. So what's going on in the medical uh, industry is making money by chopping up their bodies, which is not a good way to make people healthy. And as you know. we're
2: talking right now, there's biologics in the air. I'm starting to get. I can starting to be able to taste that. I tasted it earlier today. Uh-huh. They often spray them like in groups of two or three days in a row. So I I suppose this is probably the first. Probably the next couple of days we'll have it because they usually do about three days in a row. And
1: this so. is happening in almost every country in the world, right? As far as you know, the
2: countries are working together. Chemtrails appeared in the same time year period in Russia, in China, yeah. in Indonesia, in exactly. Peru. In South America, in Africa, it all happened at the same general time.
1: Not only the geoengineering, but the vaccination program as well. And, you know, in some ways, Russia is not nearly as corrupt as the U.S., but with the vaccines, what I was told, I can't confirm it yet, is that in the military, if you refuse the COVID vaccine, it was 10 years in prison.
2: I This doesn't surprise me, because in the 90s, we learned what was going to happen in the United States shortly before um, a ground invasion. This is what I'm not making this up. This is what I was told, is Uh the last final big political change was going to be disarming the
1: population,
2: but it was also going to be weakening the military.
1: Yeah, they're doing a great job on that, although they're doing it disproportionately in the U.S. I mean, I don't know of any other country in the world for in the sake of inclusivity and and non-racism, and to avoid xenophobia and every other good, you know, reason. And the sake of climate, the military men, yeah, had to learn how to walk in high heels. Right, and and be a more effective fighting force.
2: I I know people personally. I know an ex uh, Marine who is suffering, and all the symptoms are congruent with the vaccine. So he said when he went in. When he enlisted and they brought us out to a a field that's bigger than a football field, but there Uh was a line of, he said it was uh, literally about the size of a football field. And they would take a big step, about one yard and get a vaccine, get a shot, take another step, get another one, take another step, get another one, all the way for about 100 yards.
1: And then if you pass out in the process, they just push you to the side, I guess, right?
2: I guess, but my heart breaks for these people. And it doesn't surprise me because we learn in the 90s from whistle A lot of whistleblowers came out in the 80s and 90s. And if they came out today, it would be golden because there's social media. Back then, it was hard to get the word out. But I was listening to those channels where that was getting the word out, and I was going to those meetings. And they told us what was going to happen. And everything that is happening, including disarming people, they want people disarmed so they can incarcerate the dissidents and so they can effectively have... Another country uh, meet no resistance when they come in and do a land invasion. That's what I was told by people. These are all ex-military people who know what they were talking
1: about, in my opinion. Plus well, the fact that if you disarm a population, the crime gets far worse and it yes. gets to be a much more dangerous environment
2: last thing i ever want to do is use firearms that's that's not i don't ever want to hurt anybody but just the fact that you have it will deter about 99 exactly. of any problems ever just the knowledge that you have it
1: yeah and and along that program of disarmament now the soros funded da's are putting people in prison well they just convicted a man in texas i think who defended himself against a uh uh, a crazy person on the road who was pointing a, a rifle at him, and he shot back and the guy was killed. And they are convict; they just convicted the defender of murder.
2: Yeah, this and this is their goal, too. They want to make people afraid to defend themselves. This is, right. this is part of the steps. Well. Right. Now, once they do that, then the people who, who do own firearms, a certain portion of them are going to be thinking, well, if I can't even defend myself, then what are my guns good for? And they'll be a little more inclined to turn them in. So it's right. just another step in that direction to get to disarm the population, which is going to be absolutely catastrophic to this country for reasons that, that the nightly news will never tell you.
1: Right, right, yeah. And the coordination that you mentioned with the geoengineering going on in every country, this is some kind of a structure, right? I mean, I assume it's being enforced by each country's government, but how those are all being coordinated – requires a a body above them of some kind right and this is
2: what i call an artifact of globalism that already exists people say oh the new world or the new world order is coming i have said for years the new world order is already here and it's been here for a long time it's just secret right right now what they're doing right now is they're in the final phase of establishing global government the final phase is legitimizing it in the eyes of the public they had to implement it secretly because no country's public would ever voluntarily approve it so they did it secretly so now that the structure's in place now they're going to create all these catastrophes which they're doing now all these bad weather situations earthquakes which can be induced uh, electromagnetically right all of these catastrophes they talk about pollution they're the ones
1: polluting look at what they're polluting there's nothing they're they're proving climate change is real
2: well, and they're adding because they're so, creating it. They're putting so many particulates into the atmosphere, which increases the thermal capacitance of the atmosphere, which creates a heating factor. So just well, like I'm
1: back- not saying now, only global warming. I'm saying disrupting and more violent weather changes. Because that's not that's not too hard to do.
2: The, absolutely. The drought in California was created by geoengineering off the coast. When they hypernucleate the air off the coast, it causes the air, and you already know this. Uh, we watched it to happen. Yeah, we've been watching it happen for years. We watched it happen while the California was suffering a drought. They're destroying this country on purpose. They're going to buy it we up. We saw it on Corpor- radar. Yes, corporatize it, and then uh, for pennies on the dollar, and then they're going to own it. But yeah. they, they already control it. But now they want to own it. But anyway, so they would they would geoengineer off the um, off the coast. They hypernucleate by putting too much too many nucleation particles in the atmosphere. What that causes is that causes the atmosphere to contain the moisture rather than drop it as rain on California like right, it should. Right. Right. So that rain was converted mm. and carried over to the Midwest and dropped on the Midwest instead, and all those people lost their homes. So California's losing their farms and agriculture, right. while the Midwest is using losing their homes, farms and agriculture. And this is why I say to people, you have to wake up, you have to make the connection between government corruption and disasters, whether they're whether all kinds of disasters are happening, even these shootings are uh, facilitated. But the idea of spraying mercury on the public, causing the emotional chaos, the rise in hyperactivity, the angers—mercury can cause outbursts of angers. It messes your hormones up so right. much. And I've, I've had people say to me in the past, "Well, I I just don't think that that some chemical could change the way you feel too much." And I'm like, "Why do you think people do cocaine? Uh-huh. I mean, why?" Where do all these drug addictions come from? Because of the way it makes you—it's not because it makes you feel bad. It changes Every,
1: everybody everywhere is trying to feel good, and the fastest way to do it is with a chemical.
2: Yes, but fast is not the best usually or oftentimes.
1: No, the re- the payment for it is severe because you're not fixing the problem either.
2: You're masking um, the problem.
1: That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Anyway, well, maybe when you come back, if you want to talk about the Mercury issue and other things that you were mentioning, we can take more focus on that if you feel like it. But Absolutely. for now, for now, the two websites are globalskywatch.com and orbisvitae.com. Is that right?
2: Orbis Vitae with a V, like Vita. Oh,
1: oh Vita I wrote Loco. it wrong. I, I thought you said B.
2: Yeah, it's B like Vita, like life. Vita means life, like live in the Vita. Loco. Vitae. Living the crazy life, the high life.
1: Okay. Are those the best way to follow what you do?
2: Yes. Uh, Glo- uh, globalskywatch.com and com. Those are the two uh, main websites, yeah.
1: Okay, great. Well, it's really nice to see you again.
2: You too. You too. Thanks. Great to okay. be on.
1: Okay. We'll talk to you again soon.
2: And thank Doug for his production work too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you guys, there goes Russ Tanner uh old friend of mine and Doug's from quite a while back doing the show with Dane Wigington, which was an amazing educational experience. Um we haven't gotten a visit with Russ for quite a while and it was a real uh pleasure to be able to finally do it. He's so busy it it's hard to even get him on the telephone. I mean I shouldn't be talking. It's pretty impossible to get me to But uh, I really appreciate his taking the time. Uh, Originally, the talk was just going to be about geoengineering. And uh, apparently, we strayed into almost all the other major issues that are going on right now, or quite a few of them anyway. So remember, I wrote down his two websites so that I would make sure and spell them correctly. The first one is obvious, globalskywatch.com, globalskywatch.com. And I think that's a great site because... Not only does it have its own insight into various aspects of geoengineering, but um it has links to groups uh anti-geoengineering groups all over the world and definitely worth looking at. Globalskywatch.com. The other one I was spelling wrong apparently originally, and it's Orbis, like or Orb the World, O R B I S Vitae, and and it, it's hard to hear the difference between B like boy and V like Victor, sometimes, but it's V like Victor, I T A E dot com dot com, and there's all kinds of valuable information on both of those sites. So I highly recommend them, and hopefully Russ will be back um, and we'll get to talk to him again soon. But uh, remember to uh, we have started the Substack, although I'm my schedule. Has been so overwhelmed that I haven't put out the frequency that I wanted to, but I'm still working on that. Probably record another one tonight if I get time. And the way to get on that free, uh, mailing list for the Substack, which you don't have to pay for, you can if you want to support us, which is nice, but I want this to be available for everybody. So go to the, uh, planetary healing club sign up page on lost arts radio which is its own address, planetaryhealingclub.com. Join us there if you want to. That There are dues for that, but they're small and they help us survive uh, and keep operating. planetaryhealingclub.com. That's for working on all these deeper issues in person, interactive. I'm there every Saturday evening, U.S. time, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. And most of the members have a hard schedule to uh, you know, align with our meeting time, so they listen to the archive, which is fine, and then send email to make it still interactive. That's uh, planetaryhealingclub.com The reason I mention the page though is that on that page, if you go to where you sign up for that and go to the right there will be what I think is a green button something like sign up for email list or Leave your email address or something, and then you'll be on the free list to get all the personal uh communications going out by Substack. And I want to stay in touch with you that way. I want your feedback, uh, whatever you think that we have a lot of work to do, as Russ was certainly alluding to in our discussion, and you're a major part of it. And I wanna empower you to be completely uh focused on what you're able to do and not not the helplessness that we've been taught is what we the condition we're in and it's not true so give us your email address if you want to receive those uh free outgoing messages and remember to go to lostheartsradio.com to stay in touch with all the interviews that we're doing again now and any suggestions that you've got uh ideas feedback whatever we want to stay in touch with you so thanks for joining us for this conversation with Russ. I hope you got something out of it. And uh, honor yourself. Take care of yourself, as he was saying. Take care of your body, your mind, your emotional state. You're really important for the future of the world. And we see a lot of uh, wonderful future contributions of what we can all do. So let's stay in touch. Have a good evening, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.
0: behind the agents create a false record indicating nothing to place his mental fitness intimidate the witness obstruction of justice without any style or grace a don't Across the nation, persecuting his rivals That didn't turn out so well Don't worry, everybody help is on the way Attempts to suppress First Amendment thoughts like a 2 edged sword Kids in cages on certain stages Build a wall just to keep you from being bored Don't worry, everybody help is on the way Ethical contract, cronyism, nepotism, wanna be royalty. The COVID response, a lack of governance, marauders have the ready. That didn't have to be. storm is closure. AMI and individual one. This is where the incitement had begun.